Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the MJ Cast and welcome to episode 51 of your Michael Jackson, Jackson Family podcast. Enjoy the episode. Lots of news to catch up on. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. I love you! <laughs> I love my fans. Just simply Michael Jackson. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hey Q, how are you? Hello. Thanks for calling the MJ cast. You've reached Q and Jamin. <laughs> Prepare yourself for 15 hours of news updates. Because <laughs> we haven't done a news show in a million years. <laughs> Not that we hadn't tried. We had a news show lined up for 50 with Laura. But then two days before, we had a uh, little message saying, hey, want to chat to Tito Jackson? I was like, okay. Yeah, and pretty much when a Jackson gives you that opportunity, you don't knock it down. Like, you, that's just not... No. Yeah, you, you no. do that. So, yeah, we spoke to Tito Jackson. How cool was that? Amazing. I had the best time. I was, like, shaking and nervous, but it was awesome, and I was just so honoured that we could get to talk to him, and I hope people enjoyed the show. Yeah, so in case you missed it, we returned with uh, Season 3's launch with Episode 50, our golden episode and we got to chat to Tito Jackson for about an hour with our wonderful friends, Charles and gorgeous Laura in the UK. So it was such a fun episode and a really terrific start to season three that basically we can't top it. So for the rest of season three, I'll just be reading my grocery shopping list out. <laughs> so have fun, everyone. I need, um, what do I need? I need breakfast cereal, cucumber. Lettuce, bread rolls. So yeah, that that's us for the rest of the season because we can't really <laughs> top episode fifty. We got we got a couple of good specials coming up. They're not the Tito Jackson level, but uh, we got we got a couple of ones recorded there. Cool, cool. Yeah. But today will be a massive news episode of stuff that has happened while we were on break, and even before that, because we didn't really do a regular episode for the last few episodes of season two either. So it, it oh extends way back to like last yeah, year. Yeah, it extends way back. <laughs> so hopefully it's stuff that I think it's still fairly relevant that we've left in here and then some recent new stuff. And then poor Jamin went to bed last night and I added about 57 other news articles <laughs> for Thanks us to cover you. today. You're welcome for just stuff that's happened in the last week, really. So he woke up going, oh, my God, what the hell? So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to cover today. So, basically, today is going to be a massive news catch-up episode, and it covers so many of the Jacksons. We've got Janet News, Jackson's News. We've got um, – what have we got? We've got Michael News, of course, Paris and Prince and Tarrell and Marlon and 3T. So, yeah, we've got – all of those people with news stories we're going to catch up on. And also, we've got a few segments today, Jamin. 
Yeah, we do. We've got a great segment where you and Marnie and Paul Black talk about your experiences at um, in the studio with Michael Jackson, with Brad Sundberg, when he came to Australia. That's right. I haven't even spoken to you guys about that yet. So yeah. that's going to be today. That's today. And we've also got Charles Thompson giving us an update on all of the legal developments ever in history. Pretty much every current Michael Jackson case yeah the um irs case the casio case and the recent developments in Catherine jackson's legal situation which should be interesting oh my to God. hear about i just read the um declarations from family members and friends this morning i haven't Shocking read that stuff. yet oh charles just sent it through yeah. but, um, charles charles will unload it all to us i haven't yeah. listened to his thing or anything yet so i'll be learning stuff as well but i did read those that was not good stuff so yeah I don't even know where we should begin, but so yeah, a lot of stuff to cover. Let's let's get into it and let's get into it. We've got some follow up to start with. Follow up, big yeah, follow up, big follow up. Because something kind of big happened to the MJ cast uh, over the break when I was basically arriving back. It started happening while I was in New Zealand. Had a great trip in New Zealand, by the way. I won't go into that now, but um, was in New Zealand in the last couple of days that I was there. It was. Just this thing was blowing up. So we spoke last year about the Sky Arts um, production of a TV show where Joseph Fiennes was going to play Michael Jackson. And while I was in New Zealand, some of the first images came out of that production and video. I think it was the trailer. And I just didn't like it. I was like, this is not cool. It's, you know, it doesn't, this doesn't look respectful. It looks stupid. They're making Michael look like a complete idiot. And um, not only that, but, you know, as, as many people pointed out, you know, Michael was being portrayed by a Caucasian male rather than a black man, which to me was silly because Michael was black um, and well, didn't sit well with me. And so I tweeted Paris to find out what she thought about it. She re- responded with some very honest tweets. We, we don't do sometimes when we, we contact the Jackson family, like on Twitter, especially, it's not just to elicit a response but it's mainly to find out what they think so that we get our opinions you you wanted a retweet your tweet Uh, was thoughts on this portrayal of michael so many fans are sickened by it able to hit this original tweet up with a retweet i i definitely did want that to happen because i wanted the fan community to put more attention on this issue Uh, And the best way for that to happen is for Jackson to talk about it. So, that worked, I guess. Do you want her replies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so instead of a retweet, Paris didn't do a retweet, but she replied directly to us. She replied over a series of, I can see about four tweets here. I'm so incredibly offended by it, as I'm sure plenty of people are as well. And it honestly makes me want to vomit. It angers me to see how obviously intentional it was for them to be this insulting, not just towards my father, but my godfather Liz as well. Where is the respect? They worked through blood, sweat and tears for ages to create such profound and remarkable legacies, shameful portrayal. And he made a point of it plenty of times to express his pride in his roots He would never have wanted this. Then the media saw those tweets to us and they were including those in news stories across 
huge publications. Can you remember some of the yeah, we, website we, publications? We got covered in um, BBC, Huffington Post, uh, ABC. It was everywhere. It was every Rolling, major. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. It was crazy. Billboard, uh, um, Shade, Shade Room on Instagram. It was massive, and a lot of them had links. I had people like um, just in my regular day-to-day life, like work life and family, just texting me like, dude, did you know this is made the news? And, yeah. and then, yeah, it was on TV news as well. Not was just it on across, TV? Yeah, it, we, yeah, like our tweets, Paris's tweets to us, her replies were on the TV. And, yeah, same here. People were messaging me going, I just saw you guys' website and stuff on the TV. It was crazy. So it got a little bit crazy. I think our devices died. Yeah, our our devices like my 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 iPhone was l- like during the height of when it was happening, probably a 40 it was probably a 48 hour period where oh I was God. getting a notification every 2 seconds for about 48 hours. Oh, it was like well, I had to turn all the notifications off because they were like more than one a second. They were like it was insane. But anyway, yeah, was that was nice that we like were featured on those things. But the point of it was the program we had asked um, your original tweet had asked to boycott culturally insensitive urban myths and contact the Sky Arts director, P. Edger Jones, on this email. Um, hashtag anger into action. So we were actually just calling for a, a boycott, really. Yeah. But the response that Sky Arts got from MJ fans, like whoever sent a tweet or an email to that address, thank you so much. For those that actually took action and put their anger into action instead of just retweeting or doing that, people that actually got off their butt and actually contacted them to express their outrage and their disgust. Well done everyone, because you guys had an effect. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to get down thinking about all the times where terrible things have happened to Michael, like for example, fake songs being released under his name and us trying to raise our voices about that and nothing happening. It's easy to get down thinking like, you know, sometimes our voices don't matter, but this whole, issue has proven once and for all that when we do raise our voices as one things can happen and it's important that we do it and uh yeah so well done to the fan community for rallying behind paris and making... so what what was the actual result well the show got pulled i mean the guy right. yeah the sky arts channel decided to to take it off so the sky arts our spokesman said, we've taken the decision not to broadcast Elizabeth, Michael and Marlon, a half-hour episode from the Sky Arts Urban Myth series, in light of the concerns expressed by Michael Jackson's immediate family. We set out to take a light-hearted look at reportedly true events and never intended to cause any offence. Joseph Fiennes fully supports our decision. A bit of a stupid statement because... They weren't true events anyway. It was a fictional story. That's the whole point of this urban art show. It wasn't even a real story. So they pulled the program, even though it's been made. um, I'm sure at some point it will have to leak in the future. It would have to. They've already got the actual footage completely edited and put together. They're not going to burn it in a bonfire. It's going to be somewhere and one day it will leak. But Paris replied to that. 
I'm surprised the family's feelings were actually taken into consideration for once. We all really do appreciate it more than y'all know. There was a few other tweets from Jackson family members from TJ Jackson. Thank you to everyone who made their voices heard. As I said, it wasn't comedy. It was mockery with no taste, a great victory for his legacy. Taj Jackson, his, his statement was, thank you to the fans who continue to fight for my uncle's Michael's legacy and thank you to the media for covering the extreme backlash. And Jermaine Jackson also made a statement, Michael always said his fans were soldiers. On this occasion, they were led by the MJ cast. We salute you, which was a very wonderful and heartwarming and shocking response to get yeah, from I, the family. I, that, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like us just asking Paris a question and Paris thankfully answering on this occasion for the first time and then the media picking up on that and then the fans actually doing something got the program pulled, and that is a good thing. So well done. Not going to stop there either. We've got a lot more battles to fight. You know, we got Vera's Casio case happening, which is huge, and, you know, we need to continue to raise our voices against these injustices against Michael, and we'll do that. Yeah. Um, amongst all of the comments and the trolling, which I know you were really shocked at how much trolling Paris receives on a daily basis. I've never been more disgusted ever in my life, ever. Like I was, yeah. I, I was shocked. I, I knew that the Jackson family cops flack. I knew that, but I never knew the depths of how disgusting some comments or lots of comments that Paris receives. Like, and the only reason I saw all them because I was, we were tagged in all of the replies to Paris and I'm not even going to repeat like some of the things I said, but believe me, like the way that people talk to Paris about her dad is just, it absolutely broke my heart. It ripped me to pieces. Like what kind of, I mean, what kind of a, what kind of a person would, would say those sort of things to a woman who's still grieving over her father's, you know, death. I'm just shocked and still sickened. So imagine how much crap Michael got all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. So, yeah, the comments we got, obviously the trolling ones were not the majority, thank God, but Mm. there was a lot of really positive ones. But then there was the comments about the whole issue that missed the point completely. And I just want to address the people out there that were like, oh, the makeup's terrible. Which it was. The makeup. It It was, was, but but it was never about the makeup. I don't want to call you idiots for thinking that it was for us. It was not about the makeup. This was a racial issue and about Michael's pride in being a black African American man, not about how an impersonator or someone is done up in makeup. Okay. So if you were like concerned that the makeup was bad, good for you, but that wasn't the point at all it was a white man was cast to play a black man in this racial whitewashing across hollywood and everything is just gone too far and it's sickening and that was the point and that's all i want to say on it because we're going to move on now well i want to say something too on it i want to say something yeah so i'm done because then you can wrap it up because i've even heard people in real life comment to me on this issue saying 
the, the most common thing I think we heard around it was, but Michael was white towards the end of his life. So, of course, they're going to get a white man to play him. I think we need to talk about that because there's a lot of people that that assume the color of your skin is either makes you white or black, which is absolutely ridiculous. We know that Michael had vitiligo, a skin condition, and his, the color of the literal color of his skin was not representative of who he was and his ethnicity. People need to understand that once and for all. Michael was black, and it's possible for a black man to play uh, Michael Jackson with lightened skin. And they wouldn't have to paint him up like in geisha white makeup to do that either. No. Like just cast appropriately. Even if this was a comedy, cast appropriately. There are like, you know, hilarious black comics in the UK. Like just pick one. Seriously, it's not that hard. They don't have to look like clones to play a character. They don't have to look like an absolute identical twin to play a character. That's, that's right. That's so. Okay. Anyway, I'm getting a bit rage filled here. Let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to some good news. Yes, we have lots so, of good news. We do. We there's yeah a bit. So in our Christmas episode, episode forty eight, we sort of did a congratulations to Janet, knowing that she was going to have the baby while we were on break. Of course, Janet Jackson is now a mother, her firstborn. She had a little boy. Yay. Congratulations, Janet and Wissam. Yes, to Wissam and Janet. That is just wonderful news. Yep, and the little boy's name is Isa Almana. Beautiful name. Isa Almana. It is. I love it. Hmm. So that's wonderful. Yet to see pictures, but that's okay. I know that some of the family are over in the UK in London with Janet right now. And yeah. even Tito, I think, has said in interviews um, that he's a beautiful little baby boy. Yeah, I'm sure a photo shoot will come out at some point and uh, I can't wait to see it. But congratulations, Janet and Wissam. It's amazing. And, and hopefully, you know, she gets to spend these next few months um, really, you know, being a, a, a great mum like I know she will be and um, then considers getting back into that, that tour one day, maybe next year or something. But that would be nice if she wanted to finish that tour, please. That would be cool. And yeah, and let's get the Unbreakable album back into the top of the charts where it deserves yeah, to be. Definitely. But how awesome. Like, great, great news for our family and another member of the Jackson family. Woohoo. Speaking of the Jackson family, the brothers are touring. They are. It was actually, this is the most exciting news of the year so far to me. And it is that the Jacksons are embarking on their 50th anniversary world tour in 2017, including a performance coming up at Blenheim Palace. I think that's how you say it. Charles will probably say I've got No, I think to me I would say Blenheim. Yeah, Blenheim Palace. It's, it's, that's uh, in Oxfordshire. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's uh, June 18th and they're performing with, I think they're being supported by Cool and the Gang, which is awesome because they have a bunch of great, amazing songs, funk songs from the 70s, Celebrate. And it's going to be a great show. So, and they've got a few more coming up as well, I can see, if you go to the jacksons.live slash live tour dates as well. So, following that, on June 25th, they're playing at the Cardiff Motorpoint Arena. Uh, that's in Wales. And then they're playing at the Love Supreme Festival in Glind, I think it is. Sorry, people, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Glind in the UK. 
and they'll be uh, joining the Love Supreme lineup for that summer festival. So head to the Jackson.live, all links there for tickets, and I do anticipate they'll be announcing further dates.
This is Tito Jackson, and it's Tito time. And thanks for listening to the MJ cast. And recently, Q, you went to In the Studio with MJ. Oh, yeah, a couple of months ago. Uh, and it was so good. Uh, and I know <laughs> that I will quickly, as I'm talking to you, go and check the dates. But I know that the um, 100th event is coming up for Brad Sundberg and In the Studio with MJ. And that will be in Paris. But we were really lucky that he came to Australia and did uh, Sydney, um, Perth, and Melbourne. And it was so awesome. Hey, this is Q from uh, day two in the studio with MJ, with Brad Sunberg. And I'm uh, just going to get some feedback from some people. So, just what's your name and what did you think of the day? Uh, my name is Jermaine. Uh, I found this event almost life-changing in a way. I know it's a bit rich to say that, but uh, your perspective and your and the way you think about certain songs that you've grown up listening to for you know decades have changed. The way it's been produced, the way it's been mixed, and all the stories that he shares about Michael's you know studio ethics as well as just the way he treated people um, kindly, of course. Um, it completely changes the way you see Michael. My name's James. Um, oh, wow. Uh, just, I'm, I'm a bit lost for words after a few of the things we've seen in day two. Um, yeah, I mean, just not much I can really say. Just some of the things that we've heard that never been heard before. Um, it just was just absolutely amazing. Like how the process, how things come about, just something so simple turned into something so big. It was. Uh, it's actually uh, quite fascinating to just to think how things started and where they ended up. It's actually really cool to see. Awesome. Thank you, James. And who we got here? We got Michelle. Michelle, what did you think of the two-day event? Uh, I can't think of the right word. There's not enough superlatives in my vocabulary. But awesome, emotional, informative. It's just he takes you there and what it was like. And it's just you feel so close to the whole process. Um, You learn a bit more about Michael as an artist. It's good to be surrounded by other MJ lovers here in Perth and uh, recommend this seminar to anybody and everybody who just wants to learn something about the music process and especially about Michael. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. All right, who are we going to talk to next? We're going to talk to these girls that are trying to sneak out. What's your name and what did you think? Um, my name's Gab and I'm in tears because it was the most incredible experience I've ever had and I wish I could fly to Sydney tomorrow to see it all again because it was just once in a lifetime, like amazing for any MJ fan. Hi, my name's Jennifer and it was the best thing ever and Brad is just amazing with all his wonderful wisdom and knowledge and stories and hearing all the amazing demos was just definitely once in a lifetime thing and you need to do it. Goosebump moments. Do it. It's worth it. it. Thank you, ladies. And here we've got handsome Raj. Raj, what do you think? Uh, It was the most incredible emotional roller coaster I've ever been on. Brad is really a storyteller. He takes you from the most intricate details and tells you about the man literally behind the music. You, You know about the persona, you know about the tabloids, blah, blah, blah. But it takes you deep into the music, the creative genius that is Michael. And I couldn't recommend it for, you know, I recommend it highly enough for anyone else. And I wish I could be going to Sydney and going to all these other shows and uh, keep Michaeling and uh, you know, listen to MJ cast continue on <laughs> thanks Rush talk soon alright got CJ CJ what did you think of the two days crap um, 
I thought it was actually really emotional to watch considering I've, I've only been a fan for eight years and to see how much he's been able to witness in the studio as well. It was really touching to be, for him to come all this way to Perth because not many people come all this way to Perth when you think about it, do they? So it was really amazing considering someone like Brad who got to work with the legendary king of pop basically to come to Perth. And it was emotional at the end, obviously, as Michelle's already said, that when he... When he was in the studio and did all that all this music it was amazing and I got emotional as well and it, it brought back memories from when I was little and I used to listen to his music and it, it was amazing to hear some of the stuff I've never heard either it felt like I was actually in the studio when I was in there as well it felt good to be actually getting the chance to come and do this because I probably would have never been able to do this if he hadn't have come it was amazing and it was finally good to meet him as well so true. Thank you, CJ. All right, who have we got here and what did you think? Julie, um, it, absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, the day one, the tour around Neverland alone was just worth the money in itself. Going backstage, seeing how everything was, how it used to be anyway. Um, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Great to, do, great to hear and see. Thank you, Julie. All right, we've got another attendee of uh, In The Studio with MJ, with Brad Sundberg. Who have we got here, and what did you think? Um, my name's Jake Dennis. I uh, fucking loved it. It was just awesome, and great meeting all the, the fans of MJ. So cool. Thanks, Jake. So we got on the line with some of the attendees from um, the Sydney dates, which was uh, Marnie and Paul Black, who've both been featured on the MJ cast before, and it was great to talk to them about their experience. Hello, guys. Hi. Morning. How you doing? Welcome. Very well, Paul. Thanks for joining us again. And Marnie, it's great to have you back on the show. Awesome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Excellent. So, Jamin, you weren't really at these uh, seminars, so you're going to be sort of learning a little bit about what it felt like to be there from us, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm pretty much going to mute my mic and drink my coffee. So, <laughs> oh, thanks. Rubbing the caffeine to Marnie and I's wounds. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, Jamin, have you got any questions? Do you, do you want to lead off and ask or? Um, yeah, I'm just curious to know, like, what sort of um, experiences you guys had when Brad came over in general. Was it what you thought it was going to be like? Hmm. Marnie, did you want to lead off on that? <laughs> sure. Did I, oh, was it like a, oh, I think I had an idea in my mind that it was going to be something. So I guess the short answer is no. I I expected something. I expected to not hear and see and feel as as much as I did, um, I was really, really impressed with, you know, just how how amazing the whole, whole thing was, and how much it felt like being in the studio with Michael Jackson. And I don't think that I had expected to feel that way. So I was really, really impressed. Yeah, I mean, as you probably know, I'm pretty hard to please these days. I've seen <laughs> and experienced a lot of things. So I was actually thinking, all right, I'll go along, but 
you know, I'm sure a lot of fans will be excited about a lot of things. But for me, I was thinking uh, it'll probably be pretty hard to to get me excited or to really learn anything new or hear or see or just feel anything. Um, but, you know, I'm very happy to say that, yeah, it was amazing for me. I really, really got so much out of it, way more than I expected. Just the whole experience, you know, the combination of other fans being there and feeling their excitement and learning things from Brad and the way he tells stories and gives you an insight. You know, you got to remember this is stories from somebody who was there in all different areas of Michael's career. So he would actually tell you things from his point of view being there that you hadn't heard from other people or no one had mentioned before. And just you just felt like you were there and you could get a, a sense of what it was like uh, to be either in the studio or at Neverland and all these kind of different things that he had stories to share. So it way exceeded my expectations and uh, that was pretty exciting, I think. Awesome. Um, before I forget, I think um, we should send a special shout out to Karen. I think you guys awesome. met Karen at the uh, Sydney event. I yes. Did. Yes, and uh, I think Karen was pretty instrumental in that page, that Facebook group uh, that helped sort of petition Brad to to come to Australia over the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, big shout out to Karen. I think now we've all, except for Jamin, you haven't met Karen yet, but the rest of us have, and we really appreciate what you do, Karen, and thank you so much. And I know you're already working on a plan to see what else we can achieve for Australian fans. So, yeah, our, our love and appreciation to you out there, Karen. Yes, thanks, Karen. 100%. Karen was absolutely amazing. Like, she's really carrying the torch for Australian fans and she's actually trying to get things happening and sort of bring people together. And without her and, and other people that she sort of got to help her, uh, I don't think this would have happened at all. Uh, but she really, really, you know, did a lot to help Brad when he was here and made sure that everything was running smoothly and helped fans find tickets, you know, and people who could hook up with other fans to get tickets and come along if people didn't know how they were going to get there and all that kind of logistical stuff. She really, really helped make these events happen uh, for the fans as well, which is really, really credible. So thanks, Karen. Yeah, thank you, Karen. This is someone that, you know, works in another job and it feels it felt like you know this would be another full-time job for her but for her it's um really about love and um you know the love of the fans and the love of michael jackson so um she was she's amazing and she's just such a lovely lovely person so thank you karen and i think you'd agree it sort of shows what just one fan can do just you know a little bit of effort uh by organizing and you know just putting fans together and, and it just shows what one fan can do out there. So fans out there listening, you can organize MJ stuff. That's like really simple as well. Just like Karen does with her book club events, but it's really easy and one person can make a difference. So don't ever think that just because you're one fan that you can't do something. Karen proves that wrong in spectacular ways that we really appreciate. I just wanted to give a shout out, um, to some people that uh, from the Perth day. So Michelle, Julie, CJ, Gab and Jen, thank you for the seat cushions. Raj, <laughs> Jake, Jesse, Jermaine, James, Monica, uh, Danelle. I um, hope I haven't forgotten anyone. Have I got, yeah, I've got Julie there. So I just wanted to shout out to the, to the Perth folk that came. Um, and, you know, I think for you guys as well, you've you've met some people that you hadn't met before. You've made some new MJ friends, and I think that's a really 
special part about these seminar days is that I've actually made some really good friends now in Perth that I did not know even from online before. Just from meeting them these days, our like little group of MJ mates has now gotten bigger, and I really appreciate that. And I'm sure you guys had a really similar experience. We don't have the list in front of us of all the people yeah. like you. <laughs> well, I, you, you I think you but, guys had more than the Perth shows. <laughs> shout did. out to all the Sydney fans who came, people we met, and uh, it was great to have everyone there. From all, we had people from all all aspects as well. Like we had, you know, obviously fans, but we had people who were interested in music production and recording. Uh, and people who are studying, you know, music production as well, uh, and a whole mix of age demographics and everything you can imagine. So it was fantastic. So hi to everyone. I just wanted to mention that we had quite a few that travelled. There was a guy that travelled from Cairns, I think, um, Mel. Amazing, just such dedication. (laughs) We had Queensland folk. I think we had Karen and, and a bunch of her friends from Melbourne came over. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and, and Karen friends <laughs> have been to it already once. So if anyone's thinking, is this seminar worth going to? You know, the fact that some fans decided they wanted to go a second time and travel to another city uh, should give you an indication of, of, of the kind of experience you can get that is like something you want to experience a second time if you get the opportunity. So well done can to I those just, guys. Sorry, can I just say on that, um, Karen said that what we, I guess, what we saw and heard was some of it was different to what she yeah. saw and heard in Melbourne. So that was really interesting to hear. She was quite surprised in Sydney, which was really nice. That um, it's, I guess, it's tailored for each group or, yeah. you know, he kind of goes with the feel of it and, you know, sees how the day's going and, you know, it's, it's really good. It's nice to hear that. So I'd definitely go again. Yeah. We had a we over in Perth. We had some people that had been to shows. I think in Los Angeles and and maybe some other cities overseas. And they'd said the same things. I think Michelle especially said it was such a different sort of seminar to the one that she'd seen a few years prior. So it it's a great that these seminars sort of evolve over time, especially from what Brad was saying about his first show, which is you know coming up to the hundredth anniversary seminar or event uh event that he's going to be having in paris that you know the first one was him and some a small group with a box of cassettes and and now it's a it's a day that's much progressed from that and and still is impressing people yeah so it's great that you can go to more than one and have a different experience every time absolutely Um, shame I, you missed I, out, Jamin. Just saying. Yeah. It is. It, it is a shame. Be, I know. It'll be but worth it, it when you get there. It'll be worth it when you get there. It, it's it's going to happen. And, and I know that the Facebook group um, that used to be called Bring... Um, was it Bring Brad Sunderberg's in the studio with Michael Jackson to Australia is now called Bring Brad Sunderberg back to Australia. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, the wheels, the wheels are already turning for um for him coming back. He's he's already just told us um on the on the phone earlier that he's looking forward to coming back one day. Um, so it's definitely you know in his plans I think for the future one day, and uh, I can't wait to be there when that happens. When I live in civilization again, not <laughs> the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think um. Look, we don't want to give any spoilers for the day for people no. that haven't been. So we're not we're not going to sort of give any spoilers. We're not going to run through all of the the amazing things that we got to hear about and uh, stories that were told, things like that. I'll, I'll 
will say sort of for me, it gave a, an appreciation for Michael's work and his life as well for his home life, say Neverland Ranch. It sort of gave me a whole new appreciation, whole new angles to appreciate these sort of uh, things from through these stories and what we heard. Uh, how, do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, definitely. Just even with Neverland, you know, just you got the feeling of just being at Neverland, rolling up to the property and, you know, it was just amazing. So, yeah, it's great. I, th- I think the Neverland thing for me was a huge highlight. I think at other seminars he's uh, maybe concentrated on Captain EO more but here in Australia, he sort of dropped the Captain EO segment and we got a Neverland segment. And, yeah, for me, and I think a lot of 90s fans, Neverland was such a big part of Michael Jackson. So not only to learn about the history of how the the ranch evolved into what it ultimately became and even some future plans that never happened, but just like a walking tour with a slideshow and pictures and sort of the music that Michael wanted to bring Neverland to life uh, and sounds of birds and, and things like that, I think that just gave such detail to Neverland that we'll never really think about that place the same way again. And we see it now with such more clarity. So definitely hearing and learning about Neverland was a mega highlight for me and a bit of a dream come true. Yeah. Um, can I can I just say with Neverland? I mean, who out of us, I guess, didn't dream as a child in the '90s of going to Neverland and you know riding all those rides and um, you know hanging out with MJ and you know all mm-hmm. the kids and everything and <laughs> and this really uh, the Neverland segment definitely I guess you know we were able to live live that dream a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I said earlier, it's really hearing from somebody who was there. And because Brad worked there and set up a lot of the sound systems and all of the stuff there as well, this is someone who went there a lot and spent a lot of time there and had a good sort of insight into, you know, just the whole the layout of the place and what everything was and where different areas were and, you know, and what music was played and just the feel of it. And you could sort of put you sort of in the picture and in a way that you, you don't normally get to hear about or, or, or see and experience. So it was really, really cool just to sort of, you know, hear from someone who was there, um, which I think is really the, the, the sort of centerpiece of this seminar. It's like if ever you would ever get the chance to meet somebody who worked with Michael, usually your question is, is what was it like? Tell us what it was like. And he's in a position to do that. And, and for my favorite stuff was, was the studio stuff. I mean, it's, it's the, in the studio with Michael Jackson. That's kind of what drew me in. And just to hear about, you know, someone who was there, you know, on the albums, and who would talk about what it was like setting up on a on, on a particular day when they were going to work on this song or they were going to do some vocals or and who was in the studio and and what those people were like what the dynamic was like and just generally you could actually get an inside perspective on what it was like to be there and and what the processes were and what Michael's work ethic was like and how he did things and creatively and how he came up with things and all of these kind of things that you'd really only get a, a good sort of uh, a sense of uh, if you're talking to someone who was there, and I guess unlike when they interview those kinds of people for documentaries, you know, like Bad 25, where they put little snippets in, 
you actually get to hear obviously live unedited stories and someone can just fill in every detail in a way that, that they wouldn't have the chance to do in a documentary format. So it was just fascinating. And we were there for two days. So it was like unbelievable. It is sort of like a documentary sort of you like at the filming of a documentary, really like this would make such a good documentary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've just got a question around the the layout of the actual show. I mean, what like how does it how does it go? Does he sort of uh, run most of it himself talking, and then the Q and A's at the end, or do, does the Q and A inform the actual structure of the show? Is it chronological through his time working with MJ? How's it actually set out? So it was pretty chronological, I would say for us anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty organic. You know, it just it's just it, it it sort of goes chronologically in a, in a sense. You know, we'll focus on a bad album and then dangerous and history, but throughout it's sort of open to whoever's in the room, and that's why it's different. You know, so different people ask different questions, and sometimes someone will ask a question, and you'll be like, "Wow, that's fascinating," and it goes off on a whole exciting you know tangent, and you think, "Wow, I wouldn't have heard that information if that person." didn't ask that question so it's quite organic and people are involved as it goes along and it kind of evolves based on the structure that he presents into whatever it sort of wants to be which is cool yeah i think our group was quite interesting and probably i know at times our questions threw him off (laughs) which was good he was very surprised by our group, I think, and we challenged him a little bit. And at times he was just like, okay, we've got to move on or otherwise I'm never going to get to be able to tell you the things I want to tell you. <laughs> um, but that was good. You know, it was, it was you know, we had so much, a, a, such a diverse group, like uh, Paul said, you know, with people who had real studio knowledge. We had, you know, mega fans who listened to every single you know, version of the bad album and have every copy of it and really challenge um, Brad on that. So, yeah, it it was fun to see his reactions actually to our questions. That's a good point, yeah. I think, yeah, it's good that the fans have a bit of a knowledge because it helps um, fill some gaps in for Brad as well. That definitely happened in Perth where some of the stories cleared up some things about Michael's visits to Perth and, and timing of different things like that. Something that I really appreciated was just like in the studio things, learning about the evolution of songs. So, you know, we've always sort of heard about the history of things like Earth Song and and things like that. I think this really gave an appreciation of things that maybe influenced Michael's music as well. So like other styles of music that Michael wanted to learn about and then we could hear stories of how that evolved into Michael's music from current music at the time and then Mm. how Michael sort of elevated and and takes that to a whole other level. And I thought that was something I can like listen to music now of Michael's and maybe hear other influences that I certainly hadn't heard before. And that was something really exciting for me to learn about as well. And some things seem so obvious now. It's like, well, how did I not sort of hear the influence of these other artists Mm. That was something really cool. 
And also on that, like the evolution of specific songs where you'd sort of heard and wondered, but for someone who was there through Bad, Dangerous and History, you could get a clarity on, oh yeah, they did start working on this particular song that came out on History back, you know, just before Dangerous and then they tried this and they'd worked on it and then this is the this is what it ended up being on the album. And, and he can talk about, you know, why a certain song maybe wasn't, you know what it ended up being and put it away for a while and bring it back so it was kind of good to get a real insight and specific information about songs and their evolution and where where they started and where they ended up and that kind of thing puts it all in perspective which i thought was really cool as well yeah that was awesome actually for me to hear that i actually had a whole bunch of questions written down uh, about certain songs and they were all cleared up through that, you know, songs that we've heard rumours about or songs that we thought, you know, were recorded in a certain era and, um, you know, maybe weren't and, you know, all those things were cleared up. It's, it's, it was really amazing. It was so cool just hearing about those, those songs that many fans have wondered about. And I think also, like with the evolution of songs and, and the recording of these albums, just the stories of the studios that they worked in themselves. Like it went from, yeah. you know, the studios like Westlake Studios over on the uh, the West Coast to hearing about the differences between those and uh, evolution of technology and studio techniques to then recording over at the Hit Factory in New York and, you know, having Lisa Marie drop in every now and then or you know things like that into the studio and and the different dynamic and and just yeah the different studios that gave the albums such different personalities and the different people that he worked with that was something that was really incredible to learn about as well mm. yeah that was cool actually just seeing the space you know and he's got photos of himself in the studio and you sort of go wow you know, that's the actual space and you can kind of close your eyes and sort of imagine what it was like and where they recorded this and where Michael would stand and all those kinds of things, which, yeah, was really, really insightful, I thought, and painted a really cool picture of what it was like. Yeah, it was, it was a real, I guess, visual and audio treat in that way, you know. Yeah. You can, you can see, you can imagine Michael in there, you know, and Brad is just so great at telling those stories about, you know, what, what this day was like or what that day was like. And, you know, he, he talks about songs that, you know, he loved recording. He talks about songs that he didn't love working on, <laughs> which yeah. is also good to hear as well. So, you know, it, it's nice to hear that um, there were some days that, weren't as fun in the studio for him or even for other people that worked on the album. But, you know, it's it's just, yeah, just seeing and he hearing about how those albums and songs came to life is just so awesome. It's probably also worth pointing out that, that Brad's done a bunch of these seminars and he's done his MJU thing, so he's had other engineers and producers and guests come in and as part of his general seminars you know he'll show little excerpts and clips of those people talking exclusively about certain things in the studio as well so not only do you get brad's personal insight live in person but you will get to hear the little highlights of some of the other great speakers that he's had like brad buxer and matt forger and other people um, which actually adds a whole other level uh to the to the experience so that was pretty they, cool. they, they were good moments yeah 
one of my favorites was Steve Picaro, actually. That was yes. That was awesome hearing from him because he's such a talent. And um, yeah, it was just amazing just hearing about the songs that he's created for Michael. So, um, just another question I had was about your time around the seminar. So, obviously, it was a two-day thing and there was the um, regular in the studio with MJ event that took place on one day and then the remix, extended remix that took place on another day. Um, what about your experiences around those events? What did you guys get up to in town? Did Marnie, you said something earlier about uh, even going to, to dinner with Brad. Yeah, so I arrived on the morning of the seminars, so on the Saturday morning, risky I know, luckily my plane didn't get cancelled. Um, <laughs> so uh, I arrived on the Saturday morning. I, I believe some of the fans went out the night before. Paul, you might be able to elaborate on yeah. that. And yep. A group of people all went out and had dinner and caught up, mostly the people coming from interstate. So everyone caught up and it was a chance. That's where I first met Karen and the others. So it was a chance to actually meet and get a vibe which is good. Gave a little bit of excitement before the day and then we met Marnie the next morning. Yeah. So uh, we, on the Sunday, um, on the second day, we, a few of us fans, the interstate fans, got a chance to have dinner with Brad and his daughter, Hannah, which was really lovely because we, we just got to, you know, go to a, a gastro pub in Sydney and um, just sit down and, chat about random things and you know I don't think we grilled him too much on the Michael thing we tried to (laughs) stay away from that you know he'd been talking about Michael non-stop for two days and it was just really cool to chat with him and his daughter who were just lovely lovely people and so passionate about you know other things in their lives you know yeah that was a really really nice experience yeah yeah that was a cool in Perth too it was a chance just to say thank you and you know, and have him relax a little bit without the pressure of the whole group of people questioning him. And he, because he, he, he'd been through like by the time we, we was in Sydney, that was like he'd been through a whole week and six, seven, uh, like well, how many hours a day of seminars? You know, uh, per day uh, times that by what six days. Um, yeah. So it's like, look, just relax. <laughs> we can just chill out and uh it was his last second last day in sydney i think so it was it was really nice just to chill and i think those opportunities brad wanted to learn a bit about australia as well he was sort of asking a lot of questions about you know um not just the cities but just australian life and and not so much politics and things like that but just our way of life and and how things are here so that was really great to sort of be able to, you know, give Brad a bit more knowledge about Australia as well and some good food. <laughs> yeah. We had a conversation about travel in general, which was really cool. You know, he we all chatted about the places that we've been to and the places that we want to go and where you should go and what you should see. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Is there anything, I guess, that you want to mention for people maybe that haven't been but are thinking about going to any of Brad's seminars, Marnie? Just go. Don't even think about it. It's worth every cent. It's worth every minute, every second. Uh, I guess both Paul and I have said that we didn't expect as much as we got. And we were both definitely impressed. It was, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm listening to all the albums in a, like with a new, fresh ears, I guess. 
and seeing them in a different light or hearing them in a different light that, you know, songs that I didn't really like too much before now that I have a new appreciation <laughs> for. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's just, you know, it's such a great experience. You're, you won't, you can't regret this. It's amazing. Everybody who went and they all said the same thing. Oh, I'm so glad I came. And anyone who was suggesting, oh, I wasn't sure if I could come or if I could afford it or if I, you know, was going to come. They all were like, I am so glad I didn't miss this. I am so glad I didn't miss this. So uh, if anyone's uh, thinking about going to one of these seminars, uh, it's definitely well, well worth it. Even if you think, you know, I'm a fan and I've read every book and I know everything and I don't know if I'll get much out of it take it from me and Q, Marnie and others that you will get so much out of it. And I guess if you're interested in Michael Jackson and the, re the recording process in the studio, and if you've ever read a Michael Jackson book, then you'll love this because those, the people who go, I want to read about this or learn about this, uh, anything to do with Michael, uh, if you've ever read a Michael book, this is like a thousand times better than that. It's like go to the seminar and experience it in person interactive you can ask the questions you always wanted to ask it's fantastic absolutely marnie i'm going to drill you what's a song maybe that you didn't like <laughs> that you have got a new appreciation for now i want you to give me a name okay well, well childhood is, is the big one okay um, yeah uh but i've never been a big fan of the you know the heal the world the um, the lost children, all that that kind of stuff. So it's not that I don't or didn't appreciate the vocals in that, but I definitely have a new appreciation for that song and I will listen to it instead of skipping it. Liberian Girl I'd probably skipped a lot of that I have a bit of a new appreciation for. And I don't know, there's a couple of others. I've got 20 pages of notes here. So... Um, <laughs> 20 pages. Of, 20 A4 pages of oh notes. Oh, my God. I think um, I've got about eight. Wow. Right. <laughs> I Some didn't of it count my... Yeah, it's, but I've also got big writing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was, there was a couple that I just, yeah, I, I didn't expect to, uh, yeah, well, I mean, you're not expecting that when you go in that you're going to have a new appreciation for the, these songs. Um, well, I didn't anyway. So yeah, it was it was incredible. It's it's really fascinating because that's the kind of thing, and and I guess for Michael's future legacy, this is why these kinds of events, seminars, interviews with people who are there are so important, because they do exactly that. When somebody documents and describes a song and breaks it down and studies it, you know, in detail it makes you really appreciate it and then want to go and listen to it and, and feel it in a new way. And it's exactly the same as, you know, if you see a behind the scenes making of special on something, whether it's a film or music or whatever, you kind of go, wow, now that I know so much about what went into it and I've got all these different levels of understanding, I want to go and experience and listen in a new way. So that's why this is so important to get these kinds of events happening and to, 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 to talk to as many people uh, that were there that have this knowledge, you know, for history's sake, before it's too late, you know, there's going to be, you know, 50 to 100 years in the future, obviously, you know, anyone who was actually 
working with Michael and around won't be around anymore. So it's it's really, really exciting to to hear personal insights and details about music and about songs from Michael's catalogue uh, so that you can appreciate them in a, in a new light. And I really got a lot out of that aspect of the seminars as well. That's excellent. Guys, thank you so much. I'm so glad that, well, firstly, that you, you got to go and experience this. And secondly, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with um, the listeners, those that have been in Australia and maybe overseas and then those that haven't, your sort of your thoughts and experience. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, I think Brad would very much appreciate it as well. Absolutely. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining us again. No worries, any time. And Marnie, thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing your experience and your thoughts. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me again. I really enjoyed it. It's a pleasure. Uh, and Jamin, I hope that uh, you got something like that as well. You got you enjoyed that too. Yeah, just another giant teaser for wanting to go to the show. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I can't wait for that to happen one day. <laughs> it'll happen. It will. It'll be worth it. Yeah, but I'm just so glad you guys had a good time. And, and just in general for Australia, it's awesome that, that we got that opportunity because it's not every day that Australia does get awesome MJ opportunities. So, yeah, really cool. And I look forward to more things like this in the future coming down under. Cool. All right. Again, thank you, Marnie and Paul. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll hear from you soon. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye.
Hi, this is Kevin Stade, dancer and associate choreographer for Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. Hugh Jamin, it's Brad Sundberg. What's going on? Hey, Brad. Hey, how are you? Brad, Brad. Really, really <laughs> Brad. The last time I saw Q, he was holding a koala, and I shouldn't even be talking to Jamin because he blew us off. He was busy holding a kiwi or something, weren't you, Jamin? Yeah, something like <laughs> that, or cruising down the Milford Sound. Just saying. It's kind of like a kiwi. <laughs> yep. Not the same as a koala, <laughs> is it, Brad? Now, was that, was that the first time you'd ever held a koala, Q? Um, I think I'd maybe when I was a young kid at an animal park. Not out in the backyard or anything, sorry. Okay, well, that, 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 was, that was a highlight, for especially for my daughter, Hannah. But, uh, but it's good to talk to you guys. It's been, uh, it's been several weeks, and uh, we had an absolute blast in Australia. And I, I know you've been kind of talking about the... Uh, the show and i hope it i hope it lived up to everyone's expectations oh it absolutely did and we're very grateful for your visit and uh we hope in a couple of years you can uh, come back and bring some more family members and uh show them the beautiful beaches and all around our cities again yes please come back it was <laughs> well maybe jamin will actually stay in the country and, yeah and maybe not, i'll not come this time these. right <laughs> yeah, I'll be make sure of it for sure. Well, the 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 three cities that we hit, uh, Melbourne, Perth, and Sydney, the the guests were all fantastic. Uh, we we had great helpers, and it, man, it's three cities that have very different personalities. And you're you're not going to make me, you know, say which one is my favorite. They they were all really really cool and just beautiful people. Um, we we could not have had a better time. Oh, that's so great to hear. We we can ask you which was your favorite beach, though, right? Well, that that one's kind of a that's a pretty easy one. We Hannah and I did go to what's what's the name of the beach in Perth? Is it City Beach? We yep, City Beach. Yes. Yeah, yeah, City Beach on the Indian Ocean, and to uh, a guy in Orlando, Florida, the Indian Ocean sounds about as far away as you could possibly go. Yeah. And, and it actually is about as far away as you can possibly go. Um, and it was it was beautiful. The the beach was beautiful. The water was was spectacular. Um, really had a I'm, I'm kind of a beach guy whenever I can do it. And uh, it was a really, really gorgeous place to be. And no sharks that day. There were no sharks that day. So that was good. No, no sharks that day. Yeah. <laughs> I I I, I, some, I I hope I'm not blurring them all together. But was is there a, a boat that just kind of sits offshore and watches for sharks? Do I do I remember that, or was that in Sydney? Um, that might have been here. We have a few different ways. They also do helicopter shark nets. Mm. Yes, yeah, well, we don't have the shark nets, but we they do visual searches for them here. Okay, well let's. Uh, I, I thought about it a little bit, but there were other people out there, and I thought, well, we'll just play the odds and see what happens. <laughs> and, and it turned out okay. They did. Oh, that's great. Well, Brad Q was telling me a little while ago that you you actually went to the same koala park that Michael went to when he was in Australia. Is that is that the case? Yeah, and it it, it wasn't. For, forgive me, Q. What was the name of it? I, I don't remember. Uh, Kahunu. Kahuna, Kahunu, yes. Oh, who who knew? 
Um, <laughs> that was a very feeble attempt at humor. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I, I, I didn't know a lot about Michael going to the Koala Park years ago, but uh, but yeah, it turned out that was the same one. I think a couple of our guests kind of mentioned that was that, that was a, a fun one to go to, and uh, and yeah, we actually held a, a, a koala purely by coincidence by the name of Jackson. <laughs> so we got to be good good friends with Jackson for a few minutes, and uh, yeah, that was it was it was a special day. Well, we've been discussing with um, our friends Paul and Marnie how incredible the two day seminars were, and uh, we hope that our listeners out there that have been have had some good memories, and those that haven't been to one of your seminars are maybe thinking about it. And we understand you've got a pretty special anniversary coming up. It's it's almost hard to imagine, but uh, we we started this journey in I think it was June of 2012. Um, some guys in Paris asked me to to come over and just tell some stories about Michael and and I, I brought a box of tapes <laughs> and we rented a little studio. Uh, I think there was about a dozen of us, and I just sat and played tape after tape after tape. Well, that kind of morphed into that. That was the very first uh, in the studio with MJ event, and since then we've—I don't have the numbers in front of me either on the website, but I, I think we've been to 28 cities, something like that, and uh, 15 or 16 countries. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm driving. I'm sorry. We just had to stop for a second. Uh, we've been to about uh, several, you know, 16 countries, something like that. And uh, believe it or not, we're coming up on our 100th event. Um, that doesn't mean 100th seminar, but we've done everything from private listening sessions to uh, uh, seminars for recording students and things like that. But uh, our last one in Sydney was number 98. So we're going to go back to Paris on March, the weekend of March 18th. And we're planning on doing three events in Paris, a VIP event on Friday night, the 17th. And then we're going to do um, a seminar on the 18th. And then I'm going to do a, the remix, the extended remix on the 19th. So it's kind of our, our centennial. Um, I can't believe that we're, we're we've done 100 of these so far. But uh, people seem to enjoy it. We are very excited and there just seemed to be no other place to do it than Paris, because that's where it all started. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Brad. Thank you. We hope to launch tickets this weekend, and uh, I'm hoping for a great crowd uh, that can come and kind of celebrate 100 events with us. And uh, looking forward to doing many more and hopefully coming back to Australia soon. Well, all the, uh, the French moonwalkers out there and people in Europe, don't miss it, because... Like we've just said, we had such a great time and just so many wonderful memories and lots of new friendships. And I think that was one thing that you did speak about, Brad, was you love hearing that there's just all these new friendships made from people that hadn't met before. And that certainly happened at the events in Australia. Yeah, it's it's something that, you know, there's several things I never expected to come out of the seminars, but uh, kind of the community where I actually see friendships uh, form and people that have talked to each other online, you know, get to meet each other for the first time. And I've, I've had kind of a running joke, and I don't know if anyone's ever going to take me up on it. But if there's if, if, if there's ever a an actual uh, 
uh, relationship, uh, a, a, a wedding that comes out of these. I've, I've sort of tongue in cheek offered to uh, DJ the reception uh, <laughs> if, if two uh, stu- studio rats ever wind up getting married. But so so far, it hasn't quite blossomed into something like that. But but who knows? We're only at a hundred, so time will tell. That's it. Oh, well, yep. So, People out there so, don't miss these. Now, yes, Q, go, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, what you know? I'm going to put you on the spot. Was it was it different than you expected? Was it? And I'm not I'm not just looking for gushing, but uh, but what what surprised you the most out coming to my seminar finally? What surprised me the most? Um, yeah, or what did you enjoy the most? Or I I don't know. I, th- I think the, I know you've been talking about, but I'm just kind of curious. Well, actually, I think the community aspect surprised me the most because especially for Perth, it's not a big city, yet I've met a whole bunch of new MJ friends that I'd never met before and I didn't know before from even online. So they're actually new people in our little friendship group for Perth now. I didn't really expect that, to be honest. Um, Okay. So I've got some good mates now from your days and I that's something that I hadn't expected with the content I think the that it made me sort of opened up new avenues for me to appreciate different things about Michael and his work and his life as well I thought I'd learn detail about things and the processes but it's giving me a really different appreciation from a whole different angle. So instead of just looking at it from the front, now I've actually got turn around and I can see it from the back and appreciate it from that angle as well. Nice. I always, I always enjoy, you know, I know you guys are, you know, kind of immersed in Michael world. Uh, probably more a than little I bit am. More, a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, and I, I've said this many times and people can, choose to believe it or not but when i'm out of seminar mode i just i don't listen to a lot of michael music because it it uh it just gets a little too real and uh so i almost save it and i look forward to doing the seminars and and that's part of the treat of kind of jumping back into that world for a few minutes and then uh then leaving it again so yeah i really appreciate you giving us sort of such detail that we can sort of have these whole new views of uh, all the, the stuff that we really love. So thank you so much. Well, well, thank you. And, and it, uh, whenever I do these, you know, it's kind of funny. I always have, I, I, Q has actually become a very good friend and, and I'm both you guys, but it was, it was fun hanging out with Q a little bit, but having guys like that, that have kind of what I call the, the Michaelpedia, they, they know the dates they know, you know, and I learned a lot about, you know, the whole backstory of why Michael, why our trip to Australia was canceled 30 years ago. And, uh, and a lot of those stories aren't, um, you know, they're, they're not pretty. And it was, it was just, it was a different time. And, and Michael's music was, uh, I think the reaction was a little bit different. Um, and it's not just Australia. I mean, you know, it's, it was Michael was was pushing boundaries around the world, so it was it was good. I mean, there was it was a fulfillment that I kind of needed to to hear some of that. You know why <laughs> why we didn't go and why that album was never made. So I'm glad that 
people enjoyed coming to the seminar, but I really enjoyed meeting people and, and kind of hearing um, some stuff that I needed to hear. So, so the feeling is mutual. I really enjoyed being there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks for dropping in today and uh, we'll be uh, popping links in the show notes for your website and uh, we'll spread the word when the uh, Paris event tickets are on sale. Well, thank, thank you guys for your support and your friendship. And uh, to my Australian guests, um, I, I had a fantastic time. Can't thank you guys enough. And uh, and really to, you know, people that have been to my seminar and in different cities, different countries, thank you. Um, it's It's been an amazing journey, and I'm looking forward to uh, tackling the next 100 and bringing uh, some new material and some new guests and just continuing the journey. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank and, you, Brian. Uh, yeah, it's been great. And thanks for joining us from your car phone and have a magical day. <laughs> your car phone. Thank you, guys. Have, have, a good, have a good night or morning or whatever it is over there. Michael Jackson's Thriller 25. All the hits and a bonus DVD of the groundbreaking videos. Plus bonus tracks featuring Michael with Kanye West, Akon, Fergie and Will I Am. The biggest album of all time just got bigger. Thriller 25, out now. This is Elizabeth Abisu, author of The Dangerous Philosophies of Michael Jackson, his music, his persona and his artistic afterlife. And you're listening to the MJ cast. And he also said on um, Facebook that he's coming back to it. Like he actually gave a month that he's coming back to Australia. I think maybe he mentioned something about early 2019. I think that he really enjoyed Australia and as did his daughter Hannah. And he was sort of like, oh, I really wish, you know, my wife and maybe other daughters were here because they would love it as well. So I think they would like to come back on a holiday and he would – um try and do another couple of seminars which would be really cool yeah we'll see how it goes and hopefully that does happen um i would go again for sure i would love to go again it was so good but of course in the meantime he'll have many other seminars all around the world let me give you the dates for the paris seminars we got 17th of march the vip listening session 18th of march in the studio seminar and the 19th of March, the extended remix. That will be the SAE studio in Paris. Paris, the centennial celebration, a very special three-day event for In The Studio with MJ. Tickets are strictly limited, so head to inthestudiowithmj.com. So grateful that Brad came to Australia. I, I know that everyone that went thoroughly loved it and probably, like me, still thinking of many of the things that we experience there. And you'll get to go one day, Jamin, and it will be not too far away. I can't wait. Hopefully January 19, 2019. That's actually a good time frame for me because we're looking at, you know, buying a well, building a house soon. So that'll, I'm sure, affect us financially for quite a while. So yeah, that, <laughs> January 2019 would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, good time bah, frame. you're going to go through what I went through last year. It was all I good. Know. It was worth it in the end. It's so worth it. I t- did I tell you? I, did I show you a photo? I hung up my big Michael Jackson yes. block mount. Yes, I that did. looked amazing. Yeah. It looked beautiful. Um, yeah, you put that out on Instagram, I think, as well, didn't you? That I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. I mentioned that in the interview with Diana Walzak, 
who actually, of course, designed the statue and built it. So, yeah, I was so happy. We started hanging stuff up in the house now and was so grateful to finally have that hung on the wall again after so many years and it fits perfectly in my MJ Disney room, my library at the back of the house. Love it. Hashtag QR build. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you're a dork. Well, you're going to have to have a hashtag for your building. But you won't be there to take photos every two weeks like we were. No, but I'll fly down every once in a while and, and check it out. Cool. So thank you to uh, Paul Black and Marnie for um, speaking with us. And, of course, our little surprise call in by Brad, too. That was awesome. Always good to hear from Brad. Yeah. All right. So... Moving on to the news, uh, Neo, he opened the African-American Museum of History and Culture in Washington, D.C. And uh, this was a couple of months ago now, yeah. uh, and I actually had to refresh myself. So uh, Neo did a little tribute to MJ. You liked it. I liked it too. And I know that some people didn't, not sure why. But, yeah, it, we'll talk about it quickly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the actual performance was, well, the, um, the opening uh, extravaganza was filmed and it was put out on TV as a like bit of a TV special called Taking the Stage, African-American Music and Stories that Changed America. And lots of great performances. I love them. And uh, Neo's was great too. It was a tribute to Michael Jackson. Um, he performed a few songs on it. He performed Earth Song, Wanna Be Starting Something and what was the other one? Human Nature maybe? I can't remember exactly. Um, but it was really good. I loved it. It I am absolutely shocked that it has copped some flack. There are some pretty brutal news articles out there that I've read saying it wasn't very good, which really is weird to me because like watching it, the, the singing was really on point. I couldn't really pick any bum notes. Um, his dancing was you know, not Michael Jackson, but it, it didn't feel like a tacky tribute sort of performance no, to MJ. All. It was it no. was him doing his take and on Michael's stuff. I loved it. How cool was the costume? Yeah, he looked amazing. Oh, such a great costume as well. Such like sort of updated tribute outfit to MJ and that no, was yeah. really cool. So I thought that was really cool. And I, I like Neo and I like his stuff. So I'm glad that they got someone cool to do a tribute for him. And not only is he a great guy and a great musician, but he's actually a Michael Jackson collaborator. Like, he was working on music with Michael for a couple of years. He was a, one of the songwriters for Michael's new album before he died. Yeah. And, so. you know, sadly, that never got finished and continued to be worked on. And that, I think that would have been pretty cool, actually. Yeah, because, definitely. Because yeah, Neo's pretty sweet. And, yeah, he, he loves Michael. So, it was good that they got someone that loved Michael so much. So, yeah, we'll have the link to the uh, video in the show notes. Go check it out yourself. We've got some new songs that have come out from Remix by Nick. Great, great best, remix artist. The best. He's the best. He's he, the man. He is the best. <laughs> so, in case you missed it, I'm going to plug it again because I've listened to it about six or seven times now. I've lost count. We had a mixtape that dropped during our break. If you are not subscribed, sucks to be you because you would have missed out. It's episode number 49. Go back. It's free. It's like a over two-hour, 31-track mixtape that – we put out and how many Nick songs were in that? It was 31 tracks. And I he think had, there was seven at least, something like that. I seven think it might have nine. been maybe eight. Yeah, yeah. He had a huge amount because we love his mixes. They're, they're so good because they're not like, um, how do I explain? 
he doesn't often call them remixes. He calls them like reduxes or reconstructions. Mm-hmm. He goes he goes back to the original stems and multi-track sort of things and reconstructs these songs in alternate different ways. And it just feels right because it's Michael's stuff, you know, like it's not. I mean, he occasionally does a song that's a remix, like the club, You Are Not Alone one and the I Tropical. love that one so much. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes he does electro <laughs> remixes and, and, and tropical stuff. And, and that's cool when he does that sort of stuff. But my favorite stuff is the uh, where he's tinkering around with the original recordings and giving us a new take on them. And, uh, man, he, he put out a few good ones. One of them I'm not a massive fan of, I'll admit, the, the Billy Jean one, uh, the main remix of that one. I didn't really feel because, like, the beat was – it was like – it. I don't know, he chopped up the beat in such a way where it was like it, it was like a different time time signature or a different timing to the actual Billie Jean and it just uh, – I couldn't – I don't know. I just couldn't – it didn't sit right with me. But the other two, They Don't Care About Us and Man in the Mirror, were awesome. I love them. What did you think of it? Yeah, I, I, my favorite one I think is the Man in the Mirror remix yeah, that he yeah. recently dropped. So, so yeah, I don't know if we mentioned he's dropped three just in the recent couple of months. He's dropped Billie Jean, They Don't Care About Us, and Man in the Mirror. Uh, so head over to Nick's site and pages. We will have links in the show notes and check those out. But, yeah, he's definitely, I think, the best Michael Jackson remixer out there at the moment. We love you, Nick. I saw um, on the MJ Archives, the Facebook group, there was a thread devoted to his new um, They Don't Care About Us remix. And Andy Healy, friend of the show, was on there talking about it sounding very much like a Nine Inch Nails style version of They Don't Care About About Us. If Trent Reznor had have got his hands on that to do a remix, maybe it would have turned out something like this. I couldn't agree more. It's got a much sort of darker vibe and very cool. Nice. We'll play that on a future episode. All right, there's a new movie coming out. It's We talked about it last year as a possibility, but it looks like it's legit happening. This is the Michael Jackson chimp bubbles biopic directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, this, this, I mean, he's co-directing it. Um, I think he's working with animation director Mark Gustafsson on this one. But it looks interesting. This is the guy that directed Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah, that's not out yet. That comes out this year, which I am yeah. so pumped for. My God, I'm so excited <laughs> for Thor, Ragnarok. You've got no idea. Oh, my God. I'm frothing at the mouth for Thor. I love I love superhero movies so much. <laughs> well, this it, it's meant to be in the vein of something like Charlie Kaufman's um, Anna Lisa, and it's going to combine 3D printing, puppetry, and stop motion into some kind of animated film around Bubbles. Now, Michael's going to be in the movie, like he's going to be portrayed in it, but it won't but be Bubbles about Michael. Bubbles is the main character. It's yeah. Bubbles' story, not Michael's story. So, I'm, yeah. all I hope for this is that that it's funny and because the story like if you were bubbles like seriously his life was crazy and hilarious and so so just wonderful story it could be so i just really hope that it's going to be a really funny and really positive story about you know this life that bubbles led and i hope it is not the sean lennon music video kind of situation no that's embarrassing this that's this- all i'm want to say because yeah this gets me really excited i'll read an excerpt from the rolling stone article on it 
A baby chimp is adopted by the pop star Michael Jackson. Narrating his own story, Bubbles the Chimp details his life within the King of Pops inner circle through the scandals that later rocked Jackson's life and eventually led to Bubbles' release. So, I mean, I'm a bit nervous that they're going to be touching on some mm. of the scandal stuff. Which Bubbles wasn't really there for, in my opinion. He was already in the uh, Centre for Great Apes, as far as I know, in the 90s. Yeah. So, hopefully they... And this is sort of like that... Um, the uh, Sky Arts thing that got cancelled, like, like fictional, tr- like- yeah, tr- I, I, yeah, I don't like it when they bend what really happened too much the, the, because the, the thing they don't need to. It's such yeah. a great story. They, there's no need for them to make stuff up or bend the truth. They can just really go back and go. Let's look at video of bubbles. Let's see where he was. This dude was like traveling around having high tea in Japan. Like what? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They could show footage of him like on tour and like while Mike was performing and, you know, just it could be really fun. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see and we'll keep you updated and hopefully it all turns out for the best. Bubbles, Bubbles was a huge celebrity back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Like he had his own fan, <laughs> fan followings, mm. especially in Asia. <laughs> yeah. So. Think of it like Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Something fun, something light, something animated. Let's hope so. And we'll see where it goes. Cool. Speaking of biopics, there's another one coming out that is causing controversy in the fan community. Well, there's actually a few. I think there's a few coming out. Really? Yeah, there's another one. I can't remember it, so I didn't include it. Oh, no. Mm. All right. Well, this one this one is by Lifetime and Lifetime unknown for their terrible biopics. They did an Aaliyah one um, recently, I think, which was- And a Britney one. Yeah, and a Britney one. And everyone hates them. Like people know they're just rubbishy throwaway sort of biopics. They're not meant to be- Apparently, Charles told us that Karen Carpenter one is so, so bad so horrendously bad that it has like this huge cult following because it is so terrible so bad so i guess like and some people have sort of raised it i've seen it online there's some people whispering around the place like oh why was the mj cast so against the sky arts one and not this one and there's a few reasons for that that i want to touch on number one this is featuring a black man playing michael jackson First of all, so I'm comfortable yeah, with Navi. That. In case you didn't know, Navi is a Trinidadian. He's from Trinidad. Yeah, yeah. So he's a black man. Michael's a black man, and there's a black man playing Michael, which is good. I'm happy with that. What I'm also kind of okay with is that if it's bad, which it will be, no pun intended, um, everyone is going to just know it's bad and it's pathetic, and we should just ignore it. It's no one's going to take it seriously. This is going to be this embarrassing little thing in the corner that we all try to ignore. This isn't Jackson's an American dream, people. Yeah. So lower your expectations. And there's stuff in it that's just fictional, even just by watching. The trailer hasn't come out, but they've got yeah. footage. Oh, no, yeah. They've got Did footage of him. Did you see the footage? Yeah. I watched the footage and there's a silly scene in it where apparently, like if you, it, it's meant to be all based around the book by the bodyguards, the Remember the Time book. And there's stuff happening in the, what they're filming that's not even in the book. Are you talking so, about the gun, the gun thing? The yeah, and no, the kid, the Michael teaching the kids the moonwalk. Okay, well, yeah, and Paris has even just said, you know, in her interview that Michael, um, you know, she Michael had promised that he would teach her the moonwalk. Sadly, 
that never happened because he passed yeah. away. And what do they put on Entertainment Tonight? A scene where Michael's teaching the kids to moonwalk. I'm like, are you? And but have you seen the gun? Scene? Yeah, the gun bit. There's too many I people I would want to shoot. In the book. What? Yeah. Was that in that, the book? I don't remember that. There's I don't remember this... that. Do you think Michael would say, "Oh, I thought about getting a gun, but then I thought there was too many people that I would want to shoot." Are you? Do you think he actually would say something like that? He's a lover, not a fighter. Oh my god, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> He's learning the jokes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I I just am like, I just, I'm kind of like in this weird place where I'm like looking forward to it because it's going to be so bad and I want to see how bad it can be. Yeah, I'm sort of feeling a little bit the same. Like I'm, I'm going to be guess. watching it with popcorn, like laughing at how terrible it is more so than enjoying it. It it's can't be worse than that Man in the Mirror one, that Flex Alexander well, one. Yeah, Remember that? that's true. That is, that is true. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. And so, at least someone's doing Navi's makeup properly now. Yeah, he doesn't compared, have this compared, weird yeah. looking... Oh, God. Some of his show makeup is horrendous. So, yeah, thank God for professional makeup artists. Yeah. Well, we'll see anyway. how it goes. I think Navi's kind of... I don't like that they chose an impersonator. I'll put that out there. How come? Because I feel like they should have gone with an actor. Like oh, actors okay, have okay. a specific... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actors, well, actors have can a sp- act. Impersonators yeah, they, can impersonate and dance. Yeah. And he's known for his dancing, not so much his acting. It comes across as really comical. When you see Navi on screen, it's like, here's a guy just trying way too hard to be Michael Jackson. Whereas an actor, they have specific skill sets to encompass the emotion of the person they're trying to portray and it's you know way more it feels way more natural i think when you see an actor rather than an impersonator but mm. whatever but there's no actors that look close enough like what do you say in the one of the videos that we'll put in the show notes um no one rolls out of bed and looks like michael jackson like this guy's had surgeries freely admit so that's why he got cast in this yeah so we will keep you updated, but yeah, just lower those expectations, people. This is not the Jacksons <laughs> and the American Dream. If you want a good biopic, go and watch that one. Go buy the DVD. Go find it on the internet. Go and watch that one if you it's want really a good, good one. We're done. That's it. That was already done then. We don't need another one. Because that was produced by um, Jermaine, wasn't it, or some of the Jacksons? I think so, yeah. 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 So... Rolling Stone magazine in the US featured Paris Jackson on its cover with a photo shoot by Dave LaChapelle, which were terrific photos. Mm. And I've got to say, the interview, I was blown away. It is an amazing interview. It goes places that I think was very brave of Paris to go. And this is Paris putting her self out there and her story out there, her truth. And if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It's an incredible um, insight into, you know, having Michael Jackson as a dad and what Paris has gone through since and where she might be headed. I think it's an amazing interview. Um, you And Hubs, thank you to the Hubs. He actually got me the, the US Rolling Stone and got it delivered here so i've actually got a copy of it as well and it's a beautiful cover and yeah i really like the interview and I'm really proud of her 
She did an amazing job. I would I would go as far as saying that this is the most personal interview I've ever read from a Jackson family member ever. Oh, like, yeah, probably. Yeah, she doesn't sort of hide anything. Anything. She talks about um, Michael's death. She talks about how she's coping with that. She talks about the media, her relationship with the media. It is everything. About those really, really dark times that she's had and yeah. some of the reasons for that. Yeah. It's it's awesome and I'm so proud of her for being able to come out in this way and, you know, detail herself. So, well done, Paris. It's a brilliant, really beautiful read. And she did it on her terms, you know, like she did it in a way where she was able to get her story across the way she wanted. Um, and, yes, and she yes. said in there, she talks about that in there as well. She talks about not really wanting to do this again. Like she's told her story now and that's it. I think for some of the topics raised, absolutely. Like yeah. about the, you know, the paternity um, issue, like discussion, you know, that was, she's answered that question. That's it. It's done. It's dealt with. No need to talk about it again. And I completely agree with that. So yeah. Um, if you want some more background and detail about the interview, there's a great podcast called Music Now put out by Rolling Stone. And it it's uh, the there's two guest hosts and then the main host of the show, which actually did the interview. And they discuss interviewing Paris and the topics raised, the fallout, the, the reaction, which was sort of not anticipated to the extent that it was sort of the attention that it got. Uh, so thank you to um, on Twitter, Life is Busy Okay, for alerting me to that um, podcast. It's a really good listen and they talk about some pretty cool stuff. Some of the things these uh, Rolling Stone folks need some education on when they're talking about sort of Michael history and um, the allegations and, and um, things like that, they, they you know, they're, they're not fans. They're not educated like us. But I think on a whole, it's a really good discussion. So head over and listen to that podcast too. Have you had a chance to hear that yet, Jamin? I know you've had no. an incredibly busy week, but yeah, I think you should tune busy. into it soon. You'll really like it. I would love to. And another thing I love is this image. I'm on the website now looking at the main sort of um, header image that, you know, the one where Paris is standing in front of the brick wall with the halo. Uh, yes. You know yes. what I love about this picture, aside from the fact that she just looks amazing, and yep. um, is all the little Michael references in it, like the brick wall, like the, brick the wall. smooth criminal thing behind the brick wall, uh-huh. the bins. Yes, yeah, like the movie from um, Billy Jean video. Billy Jean bins. I never even noticed those. Oh, the she's like walking on illuminated tiles. Yep, yep, yep. So there's a few little MJ nods in that. He's an incredible photographer. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It's a shame that he never got to do a photo shoot with Michael, actually. Yeah. We should chat with him one day. Yeah. So, more Paris Jackson news. She did another interview, and uh, this one was with CRF. Oh, sorry. This one was with CR Fashion Book 10. Uh, oh, it's this one's issue number 10. Issue I- number 10. Issue number 10. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a CR Fashion Book. but it's a um it's a nice little interview this one's way lighter okay than the um than the big rolling stone one it's way shorter 
Uh, it's an interview with Lee Daniels, and uh, it's pretty good. They talk about you know some pretty. They talk about some fairly light topics. Uh, they talk about some things to do with activism and Paris' passion about uh, the world today and what people can do to improve the world. Uh, they talk about music uh, and what music she enjoys. And also, Michael is an inspiration for her life. And she says an amazing thing in there. I'll just read a little bit of the interview because it's so good. Um, she says, uh, let me just say, oh, this is Lee Daniels. Let me just say that I would not be here if it weren't for your father because I don't think I would have had the courage to be the artist that I am if I didn't see him at a young age. If you could take a quality of your father's, what would it be? And Paris said, definitely his strength. He was the strongest person I know and tried to do everything with as much love and kindness as possible. How does he inspire you? All of my inspiration, I would say 99% of my inspiration comes from him because he has always been my world. He is my roots. It's pretty cool. That is cool. That is cool. Another gorgeous photo shoot. Paris is signed with IMG Models. So maybe that sort of came out of these shoots, perhaps. Yeah, I think so, definitely. And she she is a absolutely gorgeous woman. Like she, yeah, I mean, she totally should be a model, and uh, I wish her the best in her career. And she's also going to be appearing in a US TV show called Stars. I think yeah, she's playing a sort of social media. Um, what's the social media person called? <laughs> Public <laughs> like relations social- person. Or- yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think she's playing someone like that in this show, Stars. We don't get the show here that I know of, so I don't know much about it. But, yeah, so she'll be doing her first acting gig on that. So if you see that, tell us what you think of it. She also presented at the Grammys, uh, which was cool. How cool was that? Yeah, because she used it as an opportunity to um, promote activism as well, which was nice. Yes, absolutely. She spoke out against the um, Dakota pipeline that has caused a lot of protest um so i thought that was so great of her to to speak out in that huge public forum as um other sort of artists have taken the opportunity to as well i was so proud of her for doing that yeah definitely it's very very good there's also been some um, prince news as well prince jackson well part of it was uh he put a little instagram video up about her presenting at the grammys yeah. which I thought was really cute. I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it. He sort of was so proud of his sister that he's like, firstly, look at this dress. You know, she helped design this incredible, beautiful dress herself, which was really cool. And then she got up there and confidently spoke. So there'll be a link to Little Prince's Instagram video, not Little Prince's, the little video from Prince. <laughs> <laughs> he's not little anymore. He's all grown up. Um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, check that out. I just thought the pride in his sister was really cute. And, you know, because there's always all those ridiculous rumors like, oh, Prince and Paris are feuding and they're no longer speaking and all this bullshit. And it's like, again, why do fans believe this crap? Because it's not true. So stop believing tabloids and creating stories that are not really there because then they go and do stuff like this and it just shows that all those stories are fake. So stop believing rumors on the internet. Why do people care about it? Like I don't even care if they're fighting because all siblings fight every once in a while. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if it. it was true, yeah. But seriously, stop spreading yeah. stupid rumors and stuff. Prince is also, you know, working um, with the Heal Los Angeles 
a charity that he helped set up at college uh, and doing really cool stuff. They did um, a few sort of projects recently where they went and fed um, like 500 sandwiches and soft drinks to, you know, homeless folk in Los Angeles. So, you know, he's doing really good work and that's really cool. Yeah, I think his dad would be super proud of him. That's awesome. Yeah, very proud. Taj Jackson of 3T, and you're listening to 
the MJ cast. All right, now that we've covered some Prince news, we're going to cut to a segment from our legal correspondent, Mr. Charles Thompson from the UK. That's right. Award-winning journalist, Charles, a regular on the show and a popular man. Thank you, Charles. He's going to give us some updates around the Casio case, the IRS case, and Catherine Jackson. Thanks, Charles. If you were to stop 100 people in the street and ask them to list the task they felt the executors of a celebrity estate were duty-bound to undertake, denigrating the celebrity's name and brand probably wouldn't rank highly on the list of answers. Yet that is the curious spectacle which unfolded in the US tax court in California last month, where the Michael Jackson estate could be found fighting tooth and nail to demonstrate that the King of Pop was a worthless loser. The estate's executors are currently awaiting the outcome of a trial in which they stood accused by the government of committing tax fraud to the tune of more than half a billion dollars. The case was brought after the executors submitted tax documents valuing Michael Jackson's name and likeness at a little over $2,000. Unsurprisingly, the IRS took a dim view of this calculation and did some sums of its own. The IRS valuation of Michael Jackson's name and image was a little higher than the estate's, $161 million. Hence, the estate went on trial last month, where the IRS said it owed $500 million in unpaid taxes and should pay an additional $200 million in penalties. In order to avoid paying the bill, the executives of Jackson's estate would have to demonstrate, as business news website Bloomberg put it, that Jackson's image had been rendered all but worthless by stories about skin bleaching, his obsession with plastic surgery, prescription drug abuse, odd parenting choices, and allegations that he molested young boys who visited Neverland. Or, as The Hollywood Reporter put it, proving Jackson's reputation had been tarnished by allegations against him and tabloid fodder is key in the estate's efforts to support their valuation of his likeness rights at the time he died. And so, throughout February, spectators in the public gallery were treated to the surreal experience of watching the Michael Jackson estate work hard in court to demonstrate that its celebrity cash cow was a wastrel. In her opening statement on February 6th, according to Law 360, IRS lawyer Donna Herbert warned the court that the estate would seek to portray Jackson as a freak and a pariah to get out of paying the bill, despite having spent the last seven years generating billions of dollars by promoting him as an international icon. The estate's lawyer, Avram Salkin, appeared to fulfil Miss Herbert's prediction. Law 360 reported that in his opening argument, Salkin told the court Jackson's image wasn't worth much due to tabloid scandals that followed accusations of child molestation and accompanying civil and criminal suits. He was quoted as saying, Who would pay over $100 million just to be able to license Michael Jackson's pictures on T-shirts and guitars or to appear on a television endorsement, especially given some of the problems with the image at the time of his death. Court documents obtained by fan Marco Belletta appear to demonstrate a concerted attempt by the estate to downplay the successes of many major Michael Jackson products, including his record-breaking Bad and Dangerous albums. The same documents claim child abuse charges against Jackson had devastated his reputation. One page said, Following the child molestation allegations, he was unable to generate any meaningful revenues through the commercialization of his name and likeness. Estate executor John Branker took the stand early in the trial and testified that while working for Jackson during the history era after the first round of child molestation allegations, he could not recall any credible offers to license Jackson's name or likeness. 
On February 15th, according to Law 360, the Jackson estate called business appraisal expert Jay Fishman as an expert witness, who claimed that Jackson's publicity rights were worth $3 million, not $161 million. Fishman reportedly told the court Jackson's 2005 child molestation trial had irreparably damaged his reputation. Law 360 said, Fishman added that even compared to other scandal-tainted celebrities, Jackson's alleged crimes were so heinous as to render him untouchable for name-and-likeness deals at the time of his death. There are taints and then there are taints, Fishman was quoted as saying. There are Kobe Bryant type of taints, or I had Kate Moss, and then there are things with children. Those things are nearly impossible to overcome. I call it like being in a nuclear winter. But the IRS disagreed, saying Michael Jackson had actually appeared to have great earning potential shortly before his death. He'd been involved in a Super Bowl commercial for Pepsi. Roberto Cavalli had allowed Jackson to model his clothes at the World Music Awards. Jewelry company Swarovski issued a press release in 2009 announcing a collaboration with Jackson, saying the star would kick off his This Is It concerts and a bedazzled Swarovski outfit. As the king of pop, it's only natural for him to be crowned in crystal the company had said. The IRS also found that prior to his death, Jackson had been working with Nederlander Productions to develop a theatre musical, and with Cirque du Soleil to put together a show based on his music. The IRS described the reaction to the announcement of his This Is It concerts at the O2 as electrifying, saying that more than 333 tickets were sold per minute during the pre-sale. IRS documents said, The internet traffic was so great, the singer's official website crashed, and Ticketmaster experienced complications. At the time of his death, Jackson was finalizing a deal with Nike for a line of sneakers, and was in discussion to work on an animated TV show and a computer game. Indeed, in one interview shortly after Jackson's death, former AEG Live CEO Randy Phillips said John Branker, the estate executor now hiring lawyers to convince the California tax court that Jackson's name was worth silch, had called Phillips after the O2 concerts were announced and told him, I'd do anything to be involved. But during his own testimony, Branca claimed that while he had pitched a number of ideas to Jackson shortly before he died, including a film, a play and a haunted house attraction, a new album and DVD re-releases, none had involved licensing Jackson's name or likeness. On February 23rd, intellectual property expert Weston Anson according to Law 360, said the evidence clearly demonstrated that Jackson's name and likeness had been valuable both in life and in death. He reportedly told the court, I think the child molestation issue is just frankly overblown. In a way, Michael Jackson will be forever a young man with a great talent, whose talent never degraded, and for that reason, he will always have a marketable name and likeness. We await a verdict in the trial. In other legal news last month, fresh documents were published in the ongoing class action lawsuit over the allegedly fake tracks included on the Michael Jackson estate's first posthumous album. Fan Vera Sarova is suing the estate executor John Branker, Sony Music Entertainment, MJJ Productions, Eddie Cassio, James Port, Angelixson Productions, and between one and 50 other unnamed defendants over her claim that the so-called Cassio tracks, breaking news, Keep Your Head Up, A Monster, were recorded by an imposter vocalist. For more than a year, the assorted defendants have attempted to prevent the case from coming to court by arguing that Ms. Sarova's lawsuit is a slap case, a strategic lawsuit against public participation, namely an attempt to hamper the defendant's free speech. 
Arguments made by the various defendants in the ensuing legal to-and-fro have included that they never claimed Michael Jackson was the lead vocalist in the first place, and that even if they did, they were commenting on a public interest debate, meaning their comments did not constitute commercial speech and were therefore protected by the First Amendment. In December, Superior Court Judge Anne Jones issued a ruling in the matter in which she concluded that two of the public statements cited by Ms. Sarova, an email by estate lawyer Howard Weitzman, and an interview on the Oprah Winfrey show, could not be regarded as purely commercial speech. However, the judge ruled that Ms. Sarova's lawsuit could proceed on the basis that the album artwork and commercial promoting the album did constitute commercial speech. She wrote in her ruling, These purely commercial and non-inextricably intertwined false statements are likely to deceive a reasonable consumer. In February, the MJ cast obtained new legal documents showing that the defendants Eddie Cassio, James Port, and Angelic Sun Productions are now asking Judge Ann Jones to order Mr. Rover to pay their legal costs. They are seeking $50,301. The documents claim that the Oprah Winfrey interview stricken from the lawsuit in December was the sole factual basis for Mr. Rover having included the defendants in the lawsuit. They cite the California Code of Civil Procedure which states, a prevailing defendant on a special motion to strike shall be entitled to recover his or her attorney's fees and costs. A hearing is due to take place on March 21st, or the earliest opportunity afterwards, to discuss the motion. And finally, legal documents published this month have shed new light on the alleged kidnap of Katherine Jackson almost five years ago. Fans may recall that in the summer of 2012, tweets published by Prince and Paris Jackson caused a global media frenzy after they publicly claimed that their grandmother had been kidnapped. Mrs. Jackson was later found by police at a family gathering in Arizona, where, when officers arrived, she was enjoying a game of Uno. New legal documents suggest the allegations of kidnapping, which resulted in Mrs. Jackson almost losing her guardianship of Michael Jackson's children, were the invention of her nephew Trent Jackson, son of her husband's half-brother. The documents were made public as Mrs. Jackson is seeking a restraining order against Trent Jackson, alleging that he has subjected her to a years-long campaign of elder abuse, which has included shouting at her, interfering in her business affairs, stealing her money, spying on her, and preventing her friends and family from contacting her. Among 11 declarations filed with the Los Angeles Superior Court in support of Mrs. Jackson's request for the restraining order is one penned by her son, Jermaine. He writes, Trent once threw my sister against the wall, hit me and hit my nephew. My mother had gone to Arizona. Her doctor had ordered her to get rest. Trent was not invited. Trent told grandkids and my mother's attorney to say their grandmother was kidnapped. Seven police cars took us kids to my mother's house. I went to the house to tell them my mother was fine and just getting rest. Trent started locking doors. The security slammed my sister against a wall and scratched my face. Security tried to get between Trent and me, my brother, and my nephew. My brother and my nephew started to defend us, and Trent hit my nephew in the jaw. My nephew threw a cell phone at Trent's head. When my mum saw a video of what Trent had done to her kids and grandkids, she said she wanted him fired. He would not leave, and told my mother he could not be fired by her because the estate had hired him. In her own declaration, Mrs. Jackson says that she's currently staying in London under the care of a doctor due to stress caused in part by her treatment at the hands of Trent Jackson, who she describes as her driver. She says that Trent imposed himself upon her and manoeuvred himself to live in her home before 2009, but since 2009 has also infiltrated himself into her affairs. 
Her declaration reads, I have tried to terminate Trent's employment before in order to get him away from me. I've spoken to the adult protective services in the past, but have not had the strength or courage to follow through because Trent manipulates and bullies me into backing down. Trent, who is a very big man, will speak harshly and make threats to me, or will cry and beg me to change my mind. I don't want to return to Los Angeles until this restraining order is in place, because I know he will try to have contact with me and try to manipulate my emotions into changing my mind. I'm scared of being subjected to his manipulation, mistreatment, abuse of my finances, and bullying. I'm afraid of Trent in my own home for many reasons. I have no privacy since he has free run of the house. He tells the house staff and security that he's the house manager. Trent copied the key to my bedroom lock, and has let me know that he can enter whenever he wants. He walks in when he pleases, and I believe he's put cameras and bugs in my home, so the only place I can try to have a private conversation is in my bathroom, pretending I'm using the restroom to make a call. I often get dressed in my closet, out of fear he will walk in on me. He screens my calls without me asking him to. If I'm on the phone, he'll pick up the other end, or take the phone from me to see who I'm talking to. I feel that Trent is trying to isolate me from my children, so that he can have more influence in my affairs. Reby Jackson supports the claim in her own declaration, saying, Trent has blocked my number from my mom's phone, so that when I call I get a message that this call cannot be completed as dialed. When I ask him why my number is blocked, he says sternly, if she wanted to call you, she would. Friends describe similar behaviour in their own declarations. Sandy Christmas says in her declaration, in recent months when speaking on the phone to Mrs. Jackson, she told me she was in her closet. Another friend, Cordia Wright, says, in recent years, when I come over to Mrs. Jackson, Trent sits right next to Mrs. Jackson and stays during my entire visit. We have no privacy. On one occasion, I called the house and asked to speak to Mrs. Jackson. Trent came on the line. I asked him why he was on the phone and asked, Are you Mrs. Jackson? He said to me, I am now. He would not give her the phone. Another friend, Sabrina Williams, describes Trent's behavior at a Super Bowl party Mrs. Jackson held last year. She writes, after the game was over, we were sitting and talking with Mrs. Jackson. All of a sudden, we could hear the song Hit the Road Jack. We all looked around to see who was playing the music. It was Trent. Mrs. Jackson told him to turn that music off and stop being so rude. All he did was laugh. Mrs. Jackson writes in her own deposition, I also believe that Trent is stealing from me, putting his name on my businesses, using my credit cards for his personal use, and things I've not approved. I also know that Trent keeps tabs on my bank accounts without my authorization. In her declaration, Cordia Wright says, In late September or early October, I saw Trent Jackson at Citibank in Woodland Hills. Knowing that this was Mrs. Jackson's bank, I called her to let her know I saw Trent there. She immediately responded, He was probably stealing from me. Mrs. Jackson's security guard, Laura McLean, writes, I am aware that he conducts business on her behalf without her knowing. He spends her money on everything and has full access to her credit cards. He also has additional copies of her credit cards in his wallet. I've also witnessed Trent go into her purse whenever he sees fit. Celebrity news website TMZ has quoted Trent Jackson as claiming that the friends, family and employees who have signed declarations accusing him of abuse are involved in a conspiracy to oust him so they can gain access to Mrs. Jackson's money. The website has also quoted Trent's attorney Ron Rail are saying that Trent wants Mrs. Jackson's grandson, TJ, to talk to her. If she tells TJ that Trent has been abusive, Mr. Rails said, Trent will leave for good. In the meantime, a decision is pending 
on whether Mrs. Jackson's restraining order will be granted. Thanks, Charles. That was amazing. If you want to follow Charles, he's got some awesome opinions about Michael Jackson, the Jacksons, and lots of legal-related things that go on in the UK as well. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at C.E. Thompson. That's Thompson without a P. C-E-T-H-O-M-S-O-N. Thank you, Charles, for educating me and Jamin and the listeners on all these very complicated things. We really appreciate it. Charles knows things. Charles knows stuffs. He knows heaps of things. <laughs> He's a very smart man, that Charles. Sure is. So, Tarrell Jackson. He is. He launched a new trailer for a new musical project that we have spoken about earlier. Yeah, I hope it comes out because, like, last time he did a big promotional push for it, I think, last year and sort of nothing really came. It, he was hyping it up with some good music and good videos and stuff and then it sort of maybe he was focusing more. I think maybe what happened was, if I had to guess, they were putting their energies into their dad's album and they decided to focus on promoting that and getting that done for a little bit and now it looks like Tarrell's kicking back into high gear with his stuff, which is cool. He's been making remixes though. If you go over, I think it's on SoundCloud, if you go over to his yeah. SoundCloud channel, there's the full mixes of tracks but from other artists that he's yeah. been working on. So he has been doing some stuff. I'd, yeah, but he mentioned a few other things that hasn't happened sort of like we expected. So hopefully, yeah, more more comes. Dan heard a, um amazing version of, uh, it was like a cover version of his uncle's song, Best of Joy. That was going to be oh, a wait, future no, no, find no. of the week. Not best of joy. It was actually. I was going to use that as a okay. future find of the week. <laughs> I'll just do, I'll just not use it then. I'll just not say it. I'll cut it out. It's Did you like it though? Just not yes. the show, but yeah. I liked it more than Michael's. Wow. Yeah. So hopefully we get some new Tarrell stuff soon. Legendary producer. He's a great producer as well. Like songwriter, producer, studio engineer, everything. He's so multi talented. Nice. So yeah, we'll keep you posted and follow him on Twitter at Tarrell. So, Marlon Jackson, he did an interview with uh, The Mirror uh, in the UK. I think that's the, the main source of the interview, but that's the link we've got in the show notes. And it was an interview about uh, his fears for for children and, and people growing up now with President, oh, I'm not even going to say it, um, with Trump in power in the US. Twitler. <laughs> that's what they're calling him (laughs) really yeah like hitler but because he's so angry on twitter all the time twitter okay that's (laughs) there you go um that's something that is something so yeah it's a it's an interview about how the um sort of racism and different things are sort of becoming more public and somewhat acceptable in the US because Trump won't speak out against these sort of attacks. So, but I think Marlon has always been a really strong proponent of peace and love and, you know, just good things that all the Jacksons stand for. And I think it really worries him like it does a lot of people. Mm-hmm. worries a lot of people and I thought it was really cool that he sort of spoke out about this because 
people need to speak out. People need to resist and people need to, to show that what is happening is not right and it is not okay and it shouldn't be let slide at all. So, yeah, it, everyone should speak out and have your voice heard like the Jacksons have always not preached but always stood. They've Jacksons have always stood for peace and love mm-hmm. and – that's never changed, and I think now that message more than ever against a super callous, fragile, racist, sexist, Nazi POTUS is <laughs> so important. <laughs> I should not laugh because it's so it's so terrible, but that's hilarious, Q. I'd never. That was that a sign. That was a sign <laughs> that a guy was holding at the women's march. Super yeah. callous, fragile, racist, sexist, Nazi POTUS all very accurate and that sort of thing should not be supported and resist. So, yeah, go check this interview out because the Jacksons are speaking and Marlon, you know, hashtag study peace. Marlon uses that a lot and and I've adopted that from Marlon and study peace. Don't study war, study peace. There's no reason except for money that wars are happening. So, yeah, go check this out. I don't really know what else to say about it. but um, Well, just I'm, that like, I wouldn't mind adding that this is not something new. The Jacksons have always spoken out about these kind of things and they've always had a message in their music of love and equality and peace and people coming together in a global world of um, tolerance like if you look all the way back to their first um, album with epic going places the title track on that album really lays out a plan um, for what you know for appreciation of all cultures around the world and all people and then of course can you feel it and man of war the song that that marlon quotes so often like they have mm. always stood for these th- this message of love and equality and we're living in times now where that message is being threatened and I think what came across in the interview to me most was Marlon's fear that all the great work that people had done over the years through their activism, you know, the clock will be dialed back if we allow it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point and I feel bad that I forgot that but that is a really good point. Thanks for bringing that out. But, but it's so true. Like all of the hard work that we've, you know, slowly accomplished in, you know, um, human rights against, you know, blacks and and women and um, gays and lesbians, transgender people, it's all being undone. And how yeah. that is not a good thing. That is not, not a good thing at all. Build mm. bridges, not walls. Yeah. We so, need to stand together yeah. and fix this. And we can. We can't. Absolutely. That's the thing. Like everyone using their voice can have an impact and it, yeah, it can be, it can be fixed. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean like you don't, it it is amazing to involve yourselves in rallies and, and donating money and all those big things. Yes. Yes, That's, that's important. But it also comes down to you just being a, a voice for equality and truth in your workplace. And like, if you hear in the, if you're, if you're in your workplace and you hear a conversation um, against minorities or something like that, just standing up in that moment and being like, I'm not cool with that, you know? Like it comes down to you in your daily life just promoting truth and equality and peace, I think. 
That's that's so true. And call your representatives. It's so easy. 15 seconds. It's I don't even think half the time it's a real person. It's like an answering service. Call your representatives and tell them I do not support this, I do not support that, and I'm a constituent and this is what you need to stand for because I vote for you, my parents vote for you, so you are in the position where you are because people vote and if you do not respect the people's wishes, then you will not hold your position in the next election. Yeah. So call your representatives. It's like a 15-second call. You leave your thing on a voicemail. That's it. And that has a huge impact. So, and yes, you know, if you've got time, go and do the marches and go and support these things. Go and go and march, hold a sign and, you know, just be brave and use your voice. Stand, stand for something. Stand for something.
This is Mike Smallcomb, author of Making Michael, Inside the Career of Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. So, uh, Tito Jackson, of course, finally got his cover on Jackson Source magazine. I know he'd been <laughs> wanting a cover for a while, so well done to Yannick for getting that on. Perfect timing with Tito Time album release. So, Tito is the cover story. There's also stories about Michael, journey from Motown to Off the Wall, stuff from Jermaine, Janet, 3T, Austin, Prince Paris, Yashi, Genevieve, and it's a 10-year uh, sort of anniversary for Jackson Source as well. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you can get the magazine. I think worldwide shipping is like um, six six fifty euro, uh, and I think US dollars for the magazine. It's nine dollars twenty. And you can order that at blurb.com. We will have links in the show notes to go and buy Jackson Magazine from our wonderful friend over at Jackson Source. Yeah, great. In Jackson Source itself as well, I mean, we all know the magazine's great, but the actual website too is is and all of their social networks are excellent. It is literally the best place on the internet for keeping up to date with any Jackson family-related news. Yeah. Pretty much I mainly go to three places online these days i go to um mj vibe which does a great job just focusing on michael jackson stories jackson source which covers the entire family brilliantly and um mj archives on facebook so 
Nice. Jackson yeah. Sauce. Oh, awesome. What do, where do For you me, go, by the way? Like, what's your yeah. daily routine? Oh, Twitter. Just Twitter. I go through Twitter and then I go through the MJ Cast Twitter. Um, yeah. And then I see what has been sort of Twitter. So in Twitter, I use the lists function a lot, really, mm. for new stuff. So um, over on the MJ Cast Twitter, I've got a whole bunch of lists set up. And one of them is so I've got a whole bunch of different things here. And one of them is um, the big sort of news sites of like Jackson Source and MJ Vibe. And that's then I click on them and I see what they've been tweeting about. And then that's how I sort of get my later stuff. Yeah, uh, I, w- I wish I could. Be, I do that too, but I just can't keep up with my Twitter. Like there's so much stuff going on every day there. Like, <laughs> I kind of flick through it real quick. Um, yeah, but that's that's how I do it. So that's good. That's yeah, good. I could probably organise my lists a little bit better, and I might at some point soon. Just I've got a lot in now, and I could sort of reorganise where people are to make it easy to find stuff. I hate how on Twitter lists though it doesn't cut out retweets. Oh, really? It doesn't. I yeah, didn't know that. It Does Tweetbot yeah. do that, or just? Um, no, I don't think so. Because I use Tweetbot for my own Twitter and then I use the Twitter app for the MJCast Twitter. I hate how so, Tweetbot doesn't have um, polls. Yes, I hate that as well. Hurry yes. up, Tapbots. Get it fixed. I don't know. I'll have to have a look at Tweetbot and see if the lists there do retweets or not. It would be good we, if it didn't. We did a poll, didn't we, on the last episode um, around the music. What, what ended up winning? What song? It was, let me find out, I have it bookmarked here somewhere. So, of course, listening to this episode, the hashtag will be hashtag the MJCast ep51. So, if you're live tweeting, that is the hashtag to use. If you want to click on that hashtag on Twitter, uh, that's how you will find all tweets about it. So, for hashtag the MJCast ep50, our Tito Jackson Tito Time special. The songs we had were We Made It, the Everybody Opalopo remix, So Far So Good featuring 3T and Get It Baby. It was pretty close for the top two tracks. So the top two tracks were So Far So Good featuring 3T and Get It Baby. So 33% voted for So Far So Good featuring 3T. And the second runner-up was Get It Baby with 31%. So they were our top two songs. So the Tito and 3T combo took out the title of favourite track played in episode 50. What an awesome song though, hey. It's beautiful. They were. We were so lucky that Tito sent us those songs. And then I found that cool Jackson's remix. You should write down what the winner is of each poll and then at the end of the year do one big poll, like the best of all the winners. Uh, you sort of can't because you can only do like a limited number of options in the poll. Oh. And if we have like 25 episodes of music, I can't. Uh, that would be like down to like five polls. Or maybe we can make the mixtape off the best songs. Well, yes. Hopefully we can get the, the permission to play like, you know, these official yeah. tracks, like So Far So Good featuring 3T from the Tito Time album. Hopefully we can get permission to play that in our next mixtape as well. That would be cool. be cool. So, all right, yeah, I'll yeah. Um, try and keep a record of all the winning songs. So, yeah, go and vote on Twitter for this this um, 
this list that we'll be playing in this episode, which we're going to give you the details of the tracks later because we have them in front of us today. So some cool mixes today. Speaking of Tito and his new album, he recently dropped a new music video for the track We Made It. We made it. It's such a good song. (laughs) It's definitely one of my favourite singles. Now, this video, he put a call out last year for fans to submit video um, singing the song and dancing around to the song to Tito himself so he could use that footage in the video and he did it and it's really sweet and it's really cool. Did you recognise anyone in the video? No, I'm not good at recognising people, but I, I did see people on Twitter that were featured in the video tweeting to Tito saying thank you for putting them in the video for like with them or the kids, whoever was in their footage. So I thought that was really awesome. That's cool. Hit us up on Twitter at the MJ cast. If you're in the video, I'd like to hear from people who made it in till we made it. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Let us know. But it's a great video. I think it's, it's such a good song. So go check yeah. it out. It's on YouTube and stuff. We'll have the links in the show notes at the MJcast.com for episode 51. So we've got a couple of news stories to wrap up with and this is a good one. 3T are set to perform in the Netherlands August 26th at the We Love the 90s Festival. Is it a festival or is it a concert? I think it's like a concert of 90s acts. Is that right? Yeah, that's the way I'm interpreting it. I'm going to guess that it's a festival. That's pretty exciting for Dutch fans because they love 3T so much. So that'll be really cool that they're performing again at a great concert of other acts. Yeah, 26th of August, 2017 at Goffert Park, Nijmegen. Oh, my God. Close to Michael's birthday, which is pretty cool too. Yeah, that is awesome. Neverland. Oh, my God. This is oh my God. depressing. Depressing news time. Here we go. So, it's still for sale and no one can sell it. So, they cut the price by $33 million. And if they you want to go buy Neverland Ranch, please buy it. I want you to buy it. Go and buy it. If you've got, if you've got a cool what, bazillion 60, dollars. How much is it? 60-something million is the price that it's going for now. Instead of $100 million. It was up for sale for $100 million. It's $67 million, yeah. $67 million. Yeah, yeah. Then you'll need many, many millions every year to pay for the upkeep and for the taxes and things like that. Yeah. It's it's basically like I can see why they're – I don't want it to be sold. It breaks my heart, but I can see the motive for why they would want to because it pretty much would be a money pit. Um, yeah, it is. But that's it's. this is music history. This yeah. is American history. And it should not be just sold to the wind like so much of Michael's collection has already been been lost yeah. to the winds all over the world. So, yeah, sorry for the bad news, but they might sell now. Uh, apparently, it's more in line with prices of the area. Yeah, it's not going to stop fans from going to the front gates, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I saw someone say on Twitter... Something like, oh, it looks like I'll never be able to go to the gates of Neverland now. I'm like, why not? It's always going to be Neverland. Yeah. yeah. doesn't matter who owns it. I mean. They'd get so sick of people. Whoever buys it are going to get so sick of fans. Yeah. Like going to the, the gates and putting stuff on the gates at anniversaries and things. Hopefully, it's bought by um, somebody who has a love of Michael. That would be 
that would be nice. Like an investor yep. that has some kind of a, an appreciation and love for Michael Jackson and his legacy and yep. wants to maintain that property the way Michael had it. That would be nice. That would be really cool. So if you want to start see. a Kickstarter campaign and give all <laughs> of your money to me to, to buy Neverland, start somebody start a Kickstarter called Jamin and Q are going to buy Neverland. And if we make $67 million, we'll buy it and we'll, we'll move there and live there forever. I <laughs> um, don't think that would work out. So yeah. let's not do that <laughs> at all. Um, I've we could have a podcast recording here. studio at Neverland. Imagine that. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to visit America until <laughs> America. <laughs> America. I'm not visiting America until Trump is not in power anymore and they rebuild from the ashes. So no, I'm I'm good. Thanks. Good news this time. We got a good news story. Thriller and Bad have been recertified with record-breaking sales figures, getting some awards, and of course. The uh, family lovingly accepted the awards from... Oh, it wasn't the family that accepted the awards, was it? No, it was John Branker, the guy who runs the estate. And is in a big, giant lawsuit at the moment with the IRS for undervaluing the estate. So, of course, they would give the award to him. Uh, but anyway, Thriller, it's great that Thriller and Bad have been uh, recertified and Thriller extends its reign as the highest certified album in US history. And then Bad was recertified at 10 times Diamond, which is in recognition of US sales and streams over 10 million, which is makes Michael the only artist with two albums in the R. IAA certification list, which is the Pretty Record awesome. Industry Association of America. Thriller was certified at, I think, was it 33 times mm-hmm. platinum in the US? That's just in the US. That's incredible. Yeah, it's amazing and a definite amazing. Oh, God, my new word of the season is amazing. That's all right. You've only said it three times. It's all good. It's not like special. <laughs> uh, it's an incredible achievement for Michael and his legacy. So, so cool. Great albums. Love them. Love them. It's like, a, it's, isn't it like it's sort of an anniversary year of bad, isn't it? This year, like 30 or something. Bad, bad 30. 30, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. See, I wonder if we'll get a calendar. <laughs> or a VHS concert. Again. Anyway, so I don't know if you've seen this last news story I've got here in the show notes. Something that I didn't really pay much attention to when I first saw it yesterday morning, and then I sort of looked at it again last night. Um, I don't know what this is, really. So I've linked my Instagram post and a picture from this guy who must work for a production company at Scout Productions, and his little tag thing on the Instagram is that crazy moment when you realize you just signed all the Jackson family to what is going to be one of the most creative shows ever on TV. So last year or the year before, or whenever we spoke to Taj, he, he was talking to us about a big thing coming that was TV related. Hmm. I wonder if this is sort of from that. I reckon that they've had this 
some kind of idea for a while that they could do and they've gone with Scout Productions as the people that are going to put it out. And I think it's going to be really cool. I, I hope. Well, let me ask you, what do you hope this if what do you hope this is going to be? I don't know. I hope if it's like a really cool documentary, like and the Jacksons would be talking heads in documentary, so like first hand accounts of the history of the Jacksons, maybe. Yeah, that's cool. I think that I haven't really thought about it. So it's the production company behind unscripted series like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and The Quest and the Academy Award winning documentary The Fog of War. Mm. They're based in Los Angeles. Uh, they're on Facebook and Instagram. They are Scout Productions, Broadcasting and Media Production Company. So they got an Emmy Award sitting on their desk in the photo, <laughs> and a champagne. They do. Bowl. I did not even notice that. They do. Yeah. So there's a lot of Jacksons in this picture. I see. You know, a couple of the um, Stars, three T boys, Royal, Siggy, um, Prince. Who's down in front there? Don't know. It's not Reby. That's Reby's daughter, no. I think. Yeah, it could be. Is that Yashi? Don't know. I reckon that's, that could be Yashi. So I'm really hoping it's something to do with a project that the family's working on that they're going to document the creation of. So maybe, uh, I don't know, some kind of 3T album or some something that they're involved in maybe a family album i mean we ha- we heard hints from the jackson brothers that they were recording again so maybe some kind of musical or co- project or concert that they're putting together that this is going to document maybe something for the 50th anniversary would be cool something like that i i don't it would be cool to have another show I guess, where it's just like showing their day-to-day lives. I mean, I'm always up for something like that, but I'd rather a reality show where they're working towards some kind of goal, like releasing something. I reckon that could be fun. Okay. I always thought it'd be interesting if they did like another Jackson family honours. Like it's sort of sad that that was a one-time only thing. Yeah. That was a full-blown thing, hey? Yeah, that was – I think that might have been too big, that why it only ever happened once. I think – you know, they could do something like Jackson Family Honours and, and honour people that, you know, really work in, in charities and those standing up for human rights and things like that. They could sort of recognise yeah. those um, people and advocates out in the in the world. What did you think about Michael not performing on that? Like he was on it and spoke, he but he did at the end at the last song. Really? And then, yeah, he performed... The last track, like he's got a verse. Oh, and okay. It's so annoying because it's the last thing in the show, and the credits of the show are scrolling up over all of that footage. And it's like, no, this is before the time when credits could go horizontally across the bottom of the screen. So <laughs> all the credits are scrolling up, and you're like, no, I'm missing it, and he looks amazing. I need to go and watch that because I don't think I've ever watched the credits bit. So I had no idea that he actually sung. <laughs> yeah. God, I love that jacket as well. That was so cool. Oh, uh, that gold leaf design. Yeah, that yeah, really that cool. leaf brocade. Mm. Really cool. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, um, if we hear anything else, we'll keep you posted. Lord knows we're still waiting for the, that other documentary to come out of um, 
the the magazine shoots dude. Oh still yeah, nothing there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hope still that comes waiting. Out soon. <laughs> Don't hold your breath because you'll be turning blue. <laughs> All right. Guess what? Guess what? That's it. What? We've done the news. We've done the news and we did it and all in one and a half hours. Yeah, less than four hours. I really thought this was going to be a four-hour show. We covered well the news, folks. Good job. We did. We did it. And you know what? I'm sure we've forgotten something, so really sorry about that. There's always someone that'll say, well, you talked about this, this, and this, but you forgot this. I was like, yes, I did. So let's it's move on. Finds of the week time. Finds of the week. First. Okay. Um, so there's a great news article online at theadvertiser.com. I really recommend you go and read it. Uh, there's a guy called Michael Lopez, 22 years old, from New Jersey. And he's going through a really big battle at the moment. He's actually fighting cancer. And um, it's a, a sad story. It's a heartwarming story. It's about it's a man who- It's an inspirational who, story. It, inspirational. That's the word I was looking for. And he's he's he's- Absolutely um, a man that loves Michael Jackson as well. And he is using as a way to to fight this cancer, performing Michael Jackson dance moves in his hospital room. And there's a great video as a part of this news story of, Mike, of him, Michael Lopez, uh, performing the song Dangerous, hooked up to all of his um, equipment. There's all like tubes and stuff coming off him, but he's up dancing to this awesome song right in the middle of his hospital room. And, you know, he's got a great quote on here as well. He says, I don't want people thinking I got cancer. I'm dead. Instead, I got cancer. I'm bad. (laughs) Which I I thought was really cool. Um, Yeah. Can I read another quote? Can I read another quote? Definitely. Um, Michael Jackson, he says, is just a good person. Good music, smooth dancing. He's the man. His attitude he had a passion for helping others. He donated so much to charity. Yeah. Like, thought that's, he's so cool. He's such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he seems really awesome. And it's really sad that he's having to go through this. Um, but the way that he's dealing with it so positively is, is such an inspiration. I don't want to give too much away on this article. I want people to go and read it. If you go to, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's at theadvertiser.com. But the article is like basically a big interview with him. And he goes all the way back through his life talking all about his, um, you know, uh, career as an athlete, um, when he found out he actually got cancer, his thoughts on Michael Jackson and um, his relationship with his family. It's, it's really a very, um, it's a great read and, and it'll really hit you right in the heart. And he's a great guy. So good on you, Michael. And um, we'll be thinking of you and best of luck for your, your battle with cancer. We know you're going to beat it. And uh, yeah. All the best, Michael. All the love in the world to you, man. Keep on dancing, dude. That's it. Your turn. Well, mine's a little find of the week for you. Ooh. Ooh, of course. <laughs> you're going to be a daddy this year. A couple of I months' am. time. You're going to be a dad, so you're going to need some lullabies for baby bull. Oh. So I've had this, like, up my sleeve for a long time just for whenever I needed it, and it worked out perfect <laughs> for this year. So if you want, you could have a little listen now and put a little snippet of this in the show to sort of show – what I'm talking about, if you'd like. So it's a song. 
Yeah, well, it's actually there's heaps of songs, but if you click on the show note link and have a little listen, yeah, and then you'll get a feel for it. I'll have a listen right now. Rock with you. Oh. Oh, Q, this is amazing. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so there's heaps. There's heaps and heaps and heaps of Michael songs. There's actually heaps of different other artists as well. But, yeah, there's a whole bunch. And there's way more than I expected. There's even other, um, like, artists that have done these lullabies of Michael songs. This is amazing. This is beautiful. I will definitely have, be having this on high rotation. So I'm not sure if they're on iTunes or not, maybe. You have to Rock-a-bye. check if they're on iTunes, maybe. Rockabye baby. Um, yeah. That's the album. I'm gonna. I'll search it now. Rockabye baby, um, lullaby renditions of Michael Jackson. I would probably just listen to that myself. Like even if I didn't have a baby coming. Oh yeah, you're right. It's an entire series. They've got um, Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nirvana, Guns N' Roses, and Michael Jackson. How many Michael tracks have they got? Thirteen. They've got. That's like a whole album. Rock With You, ABC, Don't Stop, Way You Make Me Feel, Beat It, Thriller, Billie Jean, Smith Criminal, PYT, Remember the Time, Man in the Mirror, You Are Not Alone, and Heal the World. So there you go. There's a little lullaby album for you and Lee for little baby when it comes later this year. And maybe that will help the baby sleep and settle down and things like that. That's so sweet of you. Thanks, Q, for thinking of us. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, Rockabye Baby. I love it. <laughs> Lullaby Sorry if you're out MJ. there, if you've got babies <laughs> and you will start them early off as Michael fans, here you go. Here's a little Lullaby rendition of MJ Tracks as my find of the week. Beautiful. Michael Jackson. His new album, Invincible. Order Michael Jackson's Invincible now and get a free poster. Order Michael Jackson's Invincible. Call now. Hi, this is Diana Walzak, sculptor of the Michael Jackson History Statue, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. So we've played some tracks this episode, uh, including... This might not be the right order, but we will have played the Michael Jackson Man in the Mirror Groove Funkle remix. There was also the Remember the Time Human 86 remix, which is a mashup of Remember the Time and Human League. And another song with a really great message, a Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation 2017 Bit Error remix. I hope you enjoyed those. And what you just heard as well was a snippet of Rockabye Baby's cover of Rock With You. Lastly, we also played 3T's Sex Appeal from their Identity album, but the Organised Players remix. We're going to do something now that we haven't really done very much on the MJ cast, which is actually a little competition. Uh, Q, of course, went to in the studio with MJ recently and has picked up a bit of a prize pack that we would love to give away to a lucky listener of the MJ cast. But the way that we're going to run this competition is that you need to uh, listen to episodes 51, 52, and 53 
uh, because in those three episodes, we're going to give out a little magic uh, sentence in each one of them. That's right. We're going to give a prize code in those three episodes. So you'll need to collect all three prize codes. And once you have all three, you need to email them to us, the MJCast at iCloud.com. And that's all you need to put is just like your name and maybe where you're from and the three prize codes that will be given out over the episodes. And then from that, we will put those names into a random name generator and draw someone out. So I should tell you what the prizes are. I went to the in-studio with MJ. I bought some swag. Uh, So in this first giveaway, we'll be doing a pack of a T-shirt, a set of five postcards with one of them autographed by Brad Sundberg and a little poster, which also has the images from MJU, the cool little logos made of Michael sort of jackets and style. So it's a little prize pack of three items. The T-shirt is size large, and apparently it does shrink a little bit if you put it in the dryer. Just being honest, letting that could be a good thing. That could be a good thing. So, yeah, that's our prize pack for our little season three giveaway. It's very cool. So the first, the first prize code we're going to give, and you better get your pens ready to write this down. Uh, the first prize code is Divinity in Motion. That is Divinity in Motion. Uh, so after episode 53, you're going to have to email us with all three of those codes together, and then we will figure out who the winner is. Yeah, and don't be a jerk about it and start blabbing the code all over the internet. Like, this is for listeners, so don't cheat and don't help other people cheat. Like, don't be yeah. a jerk. Like, The just, more you spread the code, the less chance you have of winning. Uh, yeah, so. well, there is that, and plus you're being a jerk. So don't. <laughs> this is something for our listeners. I want, you know, a listener to win this, not some random person that just is like, oh, I'm going to enter a competition. I don't even know what it's for, and I actually don't care about winning. So enter it if you care about winning, and uh, I will post that out to you once we have got a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's it. Nice one. Thank yous. Well, we're about to wrap up the show. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, thank yous. And I wasn't saying thank I, you to you, you idiot. I was oh, saying I thank you yous time. I bought all the stuff. I thought you were thanking me because I bought all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for that, I guess. That's okay. You're welcome. So, thank yous. Yes, we're going to do thank yous. Do you want me to do those? Yeah, because I don't know who Hassa is. Hassa, you do. He started listening close, um, like I think even after the Christmas special maybe. It was, it was at the very end of season two. Hassa, he's an Aussie bloke I think over in Melbourne. So, Hassa, I just wanted to give you a shout out. It was cool that uh, you let us know that you just started listening and then you went and listened to all of the shows, I think. Like you binged on all of the shows, which was incredible. Um, you're crazy, man. You get sick of our voices. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really Thanks, cool. Hassa. So, thank you, Hassa, man. And hey, Carly, Hassa. thank you. Hey, yes. hey, Hassa, how's it going? Probably as good as a nice baked ham, Jamin. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Q. Damn. <laughs>
Carly, thanks very much for doing some um, blog post updates and link updates on over at uh, MJ Ultimate and also for your blog, for MJCast tweets and things. We appreciate that and the polls that you ran over the break so you could find out favorite songs of listeners. That was really cool. And thank you for live tweeting, which I know you'll be doing. And She's the live tweeting really- princess now, by the way, not the live tweeting queen. Uh, I demoted her. Because she 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 doesn't go for the Broncos. She goes for like I don't know the Melbourne Storm or something. And she was talking about him on Twitter the other day. So I was like, no, sorry, you're not the live tweeting queen anymore. Okay. Well, I'm sure she'll get that that <laughs> crown back soon. <laughs> Which NRL team do you go for, Q? Broncos. Oh, good, good. Anyway, quickly, I just wanted to say thank you to Majil Janson, David Manley, Merita. Simmons over at Merita Music, Sue Collins and Pablo and Son for emails that you'd sent over our break. And hopefully I replied to those and I know I've read them all. So thank you very much. I just wanted to say thank you for sending us some emails. And I'll also quickly say thank you to uh, Stephanie Moss, Alex Watley, Kathy Gill, Brad Garner, Janesta Coleman, Monica Estrada, and Stephen over at themjcast.com for commenting on our The MJ Cast Ep 50 upload with Tito Jackson. So, yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and thanks for leaving your thoughts. And, Jamin, I wanted to say a special thank you to you. Oh, for what? Because your MJ Cast 50 profile logo and profile <laughs> pic and the awesome um, gold banner, I think it's my favorite show art piece that you've done and it was so fitting and perfect for our golden episode and you incorporated the um the tito jackson component in so beautifully and with such class that i'll be sad to see it gone so i really (laughs) appreciate that beautiful piece that you put together i love it oh thank you q i appreciate that i do have fun making those i my two favorites that i've made are yes the mj51 and the prince one i loved making the prince logo oh yeah um, that gold one is that the one yeah you made? where the yeah, two logos are blended really cool. together yeah yeah i look yeah we'll have to think about if we're going to do any more special art this year maybe for maybe we'll do our the mj cast 100 episode this year who knows i don't think that'll be this year i don't think we can do 50 episodes in a season Oh, yeah, There's, I'm an idiot. MJ, well, sorry, I meant to say the MJ car 75. 75 might happen. Maybe. Might. That mixtape's doing good download numbers, yeah, by the way. It is. I, it's taken me by surprise. I thought it was going to be like not as downloaded as much as our other shows because we didn't promote it, but it's doing pretty damn well. So I'm glad people are enjoying it. Thanks for trusting in my idea. <laughs> you had a great idea. It was good. I've always liked making mixtapes. I just thought. I don't know. At the time, I was like, oh, it's a bit different to what we normally do. Might turn people off because it's like, you know, they expect us talking and then they're just getting music. But, yeah, it's people have loved it, which is good. I love it. I It's saved on my phone and whenever <laughs> I've finished other podcasts, I put that on and I love it and I crank my car stereo so loud. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Yeah. No, you edited that really well. There's a great mix of songs and tributes and they just blend really well. Like we had to go through hundreds of tracks, I think, that we played, didn't we? Yeah. It takes it was a yeah. Lot. Oh, I remember that phone call we had where we had to yes. whittle it down from like yes. it was gonna be like a six hour mixtape. 
And I was like, you know, we can't do that. That's too, we can't expect people to give up (laughs) that much of their time. So, but we got it down to like a pretty short and sweet sort of like what I think are our favorite songs of that season. And um, I, it, I, I was, you know, when I was mixing it, I was like, We've used up all the good remixes. What are we going to do in season three? But based on this show's songs, I think we're going to do okay. I think we'll do all right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, that's about it. I think we did really well with the time on this. I thought this literally was going to be a four hour episode. So, yeah, it's pretty good. What about where people can find us, though? They can find us on the internet and on podcast apps. And we are across iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Tune in radio, Android podcast apps, and also Google Play Music. Thanks, James. Thank you, James, for that. That is very cool. We are across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Tumblr as the MJ Cast. You will find us there. Email us, themjcast at iCloud.com if you need to. And our website where episodes are also streaming and links to everything related to us under the sun, themjcast.com. Thank you for subscribing. We appreciate that. It would be super great if you could rate and review the show. Please. That makes it a little bit more visible so other people, other Michael Jackson fans can find it. And that would be cool so they don't miss out. We also have another show that we put out as well called the MJ Cast en Español. It's actually a Spanish language version of the MJ Cast. Uh, Alessandra and Jason do an incredible job of that show. If you want to find those guys, you can head on over to their uh, website as well, which is the mjcast.com slash Espanol. And they also have their own Twitter account too, which is at the mjcast.espanol. So for all of you Espanol MJ fans, make sure you check out the MJ cast in Espanol. And spread the word about it too. Share the word that there is a Spanish-speaking show. They are doing very well. They just dropped their episode 10, which is really cool. Definitely. I think, yeah, they're up to 10, aren't they? God, that's they're up happened to 10. Quick. Yeah, and they just did they just did a news episode, so the same like we're doing. That's right, they did because I remember they spoke about the um the Paris thing as well. Yeah, they're actually ahead of us now in the news for the first time. Usually they sort <laughs> of do the news after us, but we're following them now. So, no, that's cool, uh, that's cool. So, yeah, spread the word about that. Yeah. Thank you for those that share the show. Uh, that's really awesome as well. Liking is great. Sharing is best. We love you for that. So good luck to those that are going to be collecting the prize codes to enter the in the studio swag bag competition uh we'll hear from you in a couple of weeks time once you've got all the codes don't be a jerk don't share it on the internet because then that would suck that means you're a bad person (laughs) um and not bad in a good way either that's right Make sure you tune in to our next episode because it will be a special episode. I'm not going to give away who's on the show, but someone really cool. I'm, I'm not on that one, am I? No, you're actually not on the next show. It's me and Charles and James LA and a very, very, very special guest. That worked with Michael. That worked with Michael. Should we give a hint? Maybe what could, hint could we give? Music. Yes, it's music related. They worked with yeah. Michael. 
that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. So that's enough. have fun. I, you can guess all you want. We're not going to tell you. So, but enjoy that episode. I'm going to enjoy because I haven't heard it either. And then I think I get to join you again before I go on a little holiday. I'm going to Hong Kong yeah. Disneyland and Kuala Lumpur um, in the very last part of March and early April. So I think I get to join you for another show. Can't wait to go back to Hong Kong Disneyland. It's going to be great. The Iron Man ride is now open. The Iron Man experience, that would be great. I haven't seen that yet. And I can't wait to go back to that beautiful Disneyland park. Yeah, so we're doing one more. So after this special, then we've got a regular episode, then another special, which was recorded last year. And then you go on holiday for a little bit. Then I'm having a kid, so I won't be on a few shows. I think Jason will be filling in for me for a little while. Okay, cool. So, all good. Cool. Jason and I can make good shows. Yeah, you can. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll probably try and get some other stuff in the bag to use as well in the meantime. I want to try and lock in another Vindication Day special if we can. Yeah. Have, yeah. We need to start sending emails about that. Well, there's one person I want and hopefully we can get her. We'll see. Hopefully that would be the best. Well, yep. I'm going to say thank you again and farewell. I will catch you on the flip side, folks. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing and Michael on. Keep Michaeling. I wish they put Captain EO at Hong Kong Disneyland, but that would never happen. But that's cool. There's a big discussion um, by some Disney people that Lady Gaga should do a remake of Captain EO. Like mm. she should she should be the new Captain EO. I think it's no. a good idea. Yes, I think no. it's a good idea. I love Gaga and I love Captain EO, but I would rather the actual Captain EO be there. What the actual ride? The, the attraction, no, no, no. Sorry, this is a movie. The, yeah, yeah, the, the attraction. The but it's yeah. so dated. It's so great, but it is so dated that, like, people have three D TVs in their home now. It's not yeah. an attraction. Well, that's they true. really they they might be able to use some of the footage, maybe or whatever. But that's true. Um, well, I, I guess what I mean is, I just want Captain EO. You know, you know the Captain EOs on YouTube, like the different. Yeah, are they um, bootlegged? Like, has somebody just sat in the cinema and filmed it, or is it real? I can't um, tell. Some of them, you can tell the ones that are people in the theater because they're three D, and obviously on YouTube it's not in three D, so it's all blurry. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, so if it's a two D one, it would be like a rip from somewhere. Yes. Like it is. It's yeah. I there is sort of proper good quality versions on YouTube. I'm not sure where they were sort of sourced from though. Yeah. But it's cool to see. And it should be on Blu-ray. Like there's no reason they can't, that Disney can't release this if they come to some sort of agreement. I sort of always regret not buying the stuffed animals as yeah. the, merch, the merchandise. They weren't 
spot on. They were very inaccurate colours and how they looked. But, yeah, would have been cool to get those. But, yeah, they're, they're doing an Ant-Man attraction. They're replacing oh. Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear uh, Astro Adventures or whatever it is at Disneyland Hong Kong with an Ant-Man Marvel attraction. So, that would be cool. What were you telling me the other day about how, like, Shanghai Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland are going to, like, compete for being the best one in China or something? Um, well, Hong Kong announced that they plan on doing a big expansion. They Their numbers, they've only just announced a loss, but it's only their third loss, I think, in their 10-year history or whatever anniversary they're up to. So, But their international visitors' figures have gone up, which is cool. Uh, but they have announced they plan to do a big expansion and that has a whole bunch of whole new lands and stuff and their castle, which is the same, based on the same castle as Disneyland Castle in California, so it's mm. a small castle at the end of Main Street USA, they will expand the hub in front of the castle so they can do shows there and then they will expand the castle upwards so hmm. keep keep the castle where it is now, but build it up way, way, way taller. And it's a really beautiful design if that's what they end up using. I'm excited to be able to take Beanie to the to a Disney park one day. That's going to be a special moment because Lee and I will never have been to one. So, yeah. mm. Well, hopefully by then, like, you know, if you go to Hong Kong, their big expansion project and stuff will have be wrapping up and finished and yeah, there's ready. yeah some co- cool stuff on the cards there for sure but yeah shanghai's got some good stuff they've got the tron coaster which yeah, is yeah, awesome yeah. i so want to do that but yeah but yeah there's this discussion that lady gaga should you know because just think about lady gaga's super bowl performance and that awesome glittery outfit which i think was an mj tribute that silvery sort of rock with you-esque outfit so like imagine that and her leading a ragtag band of you know misfits spreading the message that was the same as michael's which lady gaga you know love and peace and equality and stuff so yeah i think if anyone was going to do a new captain eo it'd be lady gaga i can't think of anyone else that would fit in where where are these rumors coming from where have you heard this no these are not rumors this is fan discussion i said oh i thought you said it might be happening no i never said that oh okay it's not happening well, it would be cool, I guess. Yeah, now that you've now that you've explained it in a way where it's like three D, you can get in your house, so it's not really an attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could see that. You know, I could see that. Like taking the concept into the next yeah you know, era. Yeah, that's cool. It'd be cool, like to have the Captain EO sort of message. Like they wouldn't even need to call it Captain EO because they could reference like maybe she was inspired by the late great Captain EO. It'd be good if they could do something like um, still incorporate Michael into it somehow. Like maybe if she did a cover version of one of the songs from the Michael version. Oh my god! Yeah, like we are here to change the world. Yeah, Hello? yeah. That, that would be yeah. freaking awesome. Or and then they they could do it. Like imagine if they did a duet. Like they got Michael's <gasps> vocal and then put died. it in in the Gaga mix and maybe I just like. Died. Yeah, that would be cool. And then so they could make it like they could use crazy technology or something to have him like hologram. hologram. Yeah. 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 Like a See, real we, one. Yeah. We could do this. Maybe we could pitch this idea to, to Gaga and Disney and Yeah. Hey, Imagineers, 
we've got idea for y'all. <laughs> Random Aussie yeah, guys. Oh my God, that's such a great <laughs> idea about having like almost like a duet. That would be wicked. Mm. I think she'd do an awesome version of We Are Here to Change the World. Oh yeah, definitely. Gosh. She could work with. You know, they could even get the same team. They could, you know, you could get George Lucas back and, you know. Because the, the, the music, you know what I love about Captain EO is like it feels like a Star Wars movie. Like the music itself, I, I'm sure the music must have taken cues from the original John Williams Star Wars stuff because it, it just feels like when you put it on, it feels exactly like you are in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. I'm so glad that I got to see that at a couple of the parks. Three of the parks, three of the four I got to see. You're very lucky. Yeah, I think Tokyo is my first, and then California, and then Paris. You know how they brought it back after Michael died? Did you ever see it? Yes. No. Did you see it like before he, like when it was a thing? No. no. And when it closed, the last one to close in the 90s was Paris, I think in about 97, but I'm probably wrong. That was the last yeah. one to close, and at that time I was heartbroken because I thought I would never, ever get a chance to see it in the original sort of setting. So yeah. when it did come back, I got to see it and it was awesome. When they brought Actually, it back, did they did yes. they imp- did they make the physical space that it came back to the same as what it was before? Um not exactly the same, but close to because it was really the first 4D attraction ever made because it wasn't just a 3D movie but there was like when the lasers shot on the screen, lasers would shoot in the uh, like the the hall that you're sitting in. Yeah, lasers would shoot ab- above you and past you, I think. And there was like smoke effects like on the screen that then came out of the screen. Um, and I think the seats sort of moved at times. But when they brought it back, not all of those sort of star field effects and things were the same because there'd been another attraction honey i shrunk the audience based on honey i shrunk the kids films that would that's what replaced captain neo in all the parks and then so the effects had been taken out and things like that so they didn't bring all the effects back um but they they the signage they put up for when it came back was all very close to the original signage and marquees that were out in front of the attractions and that was really cool very awesome. I want to. I want to see it one day. Well, obviously not at a Disney park, but man, I hope it gets a home video release. Hopefully, That'll be awesome. Yeah, you could make you could make your own little attractions at home. Get a little like, smoke machine. You could. <laughs> That's a big budget for your home theater. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that you're building a house, I'll let you um, you know, work on that. Submit submit that idea to your wife and see how that goes down. Hi, I need to make some improvements to the home theater. I need to add some lasers and Starfield <laughs> Starfield smoke machine. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. awesome. Captain EO viewings at my house. <laughs> There'll be a line around the block. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have an awesome day. You too. Got a thousand things to do. Jay Cast.